Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, there's a phrase my wife loves to use around the house. She says, save the drama for your mama. Okay? She's not a big fan of drama. (laughs) She is the mama, though. That's a good point. Uh, But, you know, if somebody trips and falls and they're crying for a little bit too long... Kind of like a soccer player. Uh, yeah. They take a dive in the backyard. She says, save the drama for your mama. You're okay. Get up. Everything's fine. Uh, normally, I would agree with her, but not to start this show. We've got drama. Our cup runneth over oh, to yeah. start this show on two fronts. Okay. A, we've got extra time in the World Cup. Right now, Russia the host nation, and Croatia. They're on the pitch, 1-1 tie, and they have started extra time. So uh, we've got that, you know, two 15-minute frames potentially uh, that will follow, and potentially for the second time in a row, Russia going to PKs, and so we're going to be all over that. Do you have a rooting interest here? You know what? Yeah, I think Croatia. Right. I, I, like me, a, me too. And I, do we need to say why? And, and I don't think any. <laughs> and, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Russia. <laughs> just enough of you, okay? We've so, seen enough. Yeah. Any. I mean, nothing against you. By the way, and they're huge. This is the largest soccer team I've ever seen in my life. These guys look like. I mean, they look like your Patriots offensive line running around out there on the defensive side. They're monstrous humans. They're gazelles. They're gazelles. Yeah, headers on corner kicks into the box. They have a distinct advantage. (laughs) The other piece of drama is something that will be potentially thread throughout this entire show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got four hours here on Fox Sports Radio. At least we think we do. (laughs) It's possible that I have four hours on Fox Sports Radio and you, Rich Ornberger, don't. Can you please explain ahead of time what happened if you suddenly get up 
and run out of the room. Well, here we are, July 7, 2018. 7-7-18. Mm-hmm. We are a week away from the official due date of my next son yes. to be born. Uh and I have no idea when when this uh, when this cake's coming out of the oven. So it, legitimately, we are we are right there on the brink. We were having some light contractions this morning and, 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 and last and, night. And let's be honest here, we can let everybody in here. You're a solid two hours without traffic from home. Oh yeah, and there's traffic. It's a summer Saturday in Southern Let, California. Let's put it this way. If Kobe still has the chopper, <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> Mr. Bryant, yes. uh, I believe there is a, a roof <laughs> helipad here at the Fox Sports Radio Studios. Please do not be shy. Park oh. that sucker and keep the blades a-whirling. So when we say save your drama for your mama... Uh, in this particular case, that's exactly what we mean. The oh, drama yeah. is for the mama. Oh, yeah. And uh, she may become a mama for the second time at any minute. So the phone is close by, <laughs> and uh, and we're ready to roll. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. So um, we never stop learning, right? We never stop learning uh, new things, things about ourselves. I learned something about myself this week. And it started because I was driving to work one day and I'm listening to Colin Cowherd and he is just crushing Kyrie Irving, crushing Kyrie Irving based on a report, not something that actually happened yet, not something that Kyrie has even confirmed, simply a report about something that might happen a year from now. And that report comes from Chris Haynes. This isn't a willy nilly report. That's a real NBA report. But his report is that Kyrie Irving a year from now might have eyes for the Knicks. Hmm. And that led to a big reaction. The reaction is, wait a minute, you're going to leave the best player in the world followed by the best coach and maybe organization in the world in back-to-back years? What's wrong with you? Right. And I immediately thought to myself, wait a minute, what's wrong with him? There's nothing wrong with him. I have found this out about myself. I am the most liberal NBA free agency human being on planet Earth. If you want to go somewhere, that's all I need to know. I don't really care why. Boy. You get to go. This is such a fun place to be because I agree vehemently with your stance on this, and I also agree vehemently with Colin Coward (laughs) trashing Kyrie Irving. Really? Yeah, so... As a professional athlete, you're absolutely right. For whatever reasons you decide to join another team in free agency, I mean, this isn't a trade. This is your contract's expired. You have an opportunity to either go and grab some money, go and vie for a ring like Durant did, or move to a city you've always wanted to live who happens to also have a basketball team. Potentially, you're looking at the long-term plan. I'm nearing the end of my career. This is a city I've always dreamed of living in. And you know what? New York just suits me. I've visited so many times. We're going to grow the Irving family and the Irving brand here. I'm close to maybe my sports agents, my entertainment interests. This is where I want to be. You never know the reason, right? So I agree with you fully. I also, however, agree with Chris Paul getting trashed by Clippers fans on his way out of town. Really? I also agree with Colin Coward castigating, even if it's just off of a source report, Kyrie Irving for making poor decisions with his career. Because guess what? All that attention, all of that emotion, all of that 
amplitude that 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 he is so high above the clouds that everybody is firing at him it's what's made him so famous and so rich and so available for that criticism it comes with the territory when you sign an nba contract it's not in the fine print it's not on the paperwork but you're signing up for criticism oh no that's of course you're signing up for criticism but by the way what if that athlete responds and says well hang on a second, A, my talent has something to do with this, uh, B, have you seen Uncle Drew? Yeah, well, he, it's actually really good. I've, I've heard some great things. Really I haven't good. seen it yet. It's really fun. If You're you, talking like one of the biggest Space Jam fans of all time, so this is going to be an easy pitch and, if, and catch for me. If you're willing to go to a theater, grab some popcorn and suspend disbelief. Yes. Just suspend it, which I do at every movie. Well, I what love magic. Doesn't? Penn and Teller are some of my favorite comedians. Yeah. One doesn't talk, one's kind of overweight, and they're shooting bullets at each other on stage. Yeah, I can suspend disbelief. Words of the wise, don't ever, ever... Get into a conversation with me and tell me I didn't like a movie because I didn't. It wasn't believable. Oh, but you liked Star Wars. <laughs> what the hell are you? Well, you're not supposed to believe a movie. Right. So if a bunch of eighty-year-old dudes with gray beards can still dunk, I'm cool and 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 win the Rucker Park uh, tournament. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I just got to ask this. Rich. Yes. I, w- with your wife about to have her what third child? The second, 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 second. Yeah, second. yeah he's no word. Yeah. Getting ahead of myself. <laughs> no, that's when, What do you think is going to be the next movie you see in theaters? <laughs> wow. Indiana Jones twelve. Like you want to hear something crazy. <laughs> I, like and this is I, I won't go into any of the details, but if if you if uh, the woman's feeding the baby herself and you can get a sitter for the other kid, you can act. I mean, movie theaters are dark. I, I don't I don't like where your head is <laughs> I'm at just right saying, now. You, I, I, I'm you just sit, saying you're no, sitting away back. You're, you're, you get yourself a little blanket to veil it, what's happening. Take it from someone who has multiple <laughs> children, and you're about to enter this uh, this arena. I don't like where your head is at, and neither oh, does your wife. I, I, yeah. I'll get the popcorn so, and the razor hats on you. You take care of the rest. She, she hasn't even gone into labor, and the thought is, <laughs> if she's got the baby and I hire a sitter for the other one, I'm home free. How about this? Yeah. I'll be like, uh, sweetheart, look. <laughs> Uh, Mark said Uncle Drew's fantastic. And uh, I, it looks like you got the bases covered here. <laughs> you, you're good? We're good? We're good. Okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, that's no, a- <laughs> it is. It's it's entertaining. And, and so there's another talent that, that Kyrie has shown. But let's not forget, as so many people compare what they see in the sports world to their own lives. Okay, when you got a job... You had some choice in the matter. Oh, yeah. Somebody made you an offer. You could either say yes or you could say no. If you went on a job interview and it was in a particular city, you signed up for that. Professional athletes don't have that choice, and I'm not feeling sorry for them. <laughs> yeah. But my point the draft, is the draft. you're yeah, drafted, yeah. you're told where to go, and once that organization has their hands on you, they get to send you somewhere else at the drop of a hat if they so choose. When you're a pro athlete and you finally have that choice, it doesn't happen often, but when you have it, I don't care if your reason is, I think blue and orange are pretty. I want to be a Nick. I don't care. You have earned the choice, and therefore you get to make it. And I I understand that you will be criticized, and that comes with it. I'm simply offering a different perspective, which is go wherever you want to go. And I don't really care what the reason is. You want to go, you want to go. Some of what bothers me the most about 
Kevin Durant, and my goodness, this may have to wait Hold as on. Croatia. We've got a shirtless Croatian. We've got a 2-0 situation on the pitch. Well, 2-1, 2-1. So this, or excuse, 2-1, yeah. this snaps the 1-1 tie. Now they're still going to finish out the 15-minute frame, right? So you still you got five minutes to go for Russia Unreal. to get the equalizer. Yep. But the host nation... And the nation that no one expected to be this far. And I promise you, this is good for the World Cup. Because if Russia had won, I pro- there's no way for Russia to keep winning without people crying foul. Whether that's fair or not. Well, right. And actually, I was talking to somebody who is way, way dialed in to soccer. He coached for 20 years at the college level. He had been to championships with the team he coached. And he said that, this has been a very civil World Cup for the fans and for the stands yes. of all these stadiums that you've seen so far. Actually, many of the commentators and analysts have remarked on that, how how well everybody's getting along. If Russia gets knocked out, especially by a team like Croatia, this thing is vying to erupt in a big way. Really? Yeah, you may have really, really upset Russian fans. After the match. After the match. Okay, so you're, And things can get ugly away from the pitch, away from the arenas and stadiums. You're calling for flipped cars in Russia tonight. Poten- that's what, that's what you're saying. Potentially this thing could go. All right. Uh, absolutely. You don't want to say nuclear when you're talking about no, let's, Russia. Let's, you let's do not, not want to say that, but, but uh, this thing could get ugly. Let's and right. by the way, just for our listeners out there, as we all expected, that goal was scored by Domogaj Vida. Of oh, course. Domo Arigato. Uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Croatia. Yes. He, now, he was shirtless after the goal. He has a ponytail. Yep. I thought all of that was a good look. Short pony, a <laughs> little bit of a buzz cut underneath. All right. The guy's kind of yoked. Yeah. I, I got to do a quick flip, though, here, because I am rooting for Croatia to win this match, and now they probably will. Uh, but very quickly, I will become anti-Croatia because they will face my... England Whoa. coming up on Wednesday in the semifinals. But uh, the exciting conclusion of that match coming up next. Also, let's hear from you. 877-99 on Fox. In terms of what you put on a player with regard to where he wants to play, what does it have to be about? Winning, geography, just for the hell of it. 877-99 on Fox. LeBron goes to L.A., Kawhi forcing his way out of San Antonio. Rumors Kyrie would leave Boston. You can weigh in on any of that next. It's Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. All right, Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. Remember I was just saying 10 minutes ago, you're always learning things about yourself. I just learned something else. Okay. If somebody scores in the first extra time period, you still play the next extra time period. Oh, so of course. This I actually... is per World Cup sanctions, circa 1973. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, already, I already Ron Burgundy'd Gavin. I'm like, that's terrible producing. You're supposed to know that. <laughs> What's that? I'm on the air. So, I don't believe you. Yeah, so uh, there, weren't, there weren't just five minutes left. That's now expired, but there's another 15-minute period coming now. So don't bury the Russians just yet. And I I mean that only in the soccer sense. Yes, go ahead, Gavin. I I do think that is the first goal scored in extra time. Is that? Uh, In this World Cup? Yes. As far as I can remember, yeah. Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, we've had a lot of extra time, but I feel like they've all gone to the PKs. Korea, yep. South Korea, Germany, I'm remembering an extra time goal by the South Korean team. Maybe one to really put away. time goal. It could have been a stoppage yeah, time. Yeah, no, because that one didn't go to OT. That one it. didn't go to extra time. You got it. It was, it was, it was stoppage a stoppage time. time goal to put it away to make them go up to 2-0. Uh, to uh, remember, don't say to nothing or you'll be outed as a horrible soccer person. That's right. Then you're, you're off the island. Okay, Eric Pincus. Uh, Bleacher Report, capologist for Basketball Insiders. I'll tell you right now what question I can't wait to ask him. Go ahead. Because I think everybody is late to the party. I think the Lakers have moved on already on Kawhi Leonard. I think they've moved on. And you got to understand what I mean here. It's not that they don't want him. It's that the Spurs overplayed their hand. The Spurs did ask for the world. The Lakers said no. Understand at this moment, what would need to happen for the Lakers to get Kawhi because of those other players they brought in? $12 million for Contavious Caldwell-Pope. $9 million for Rajon Rondo, shot across the ball family bow. Oh, yeah. All these other guys. Lance Stevenson, JaVale. When you sign a guy, you can't ship him out right away. Those are untradeable contracts. So in order to fit Kawhi Leonard's $20 million, you would have to stretch Lawal Dang, and remember, it doesn't matter who the Spurs are asking for. Ball, Ingram, Kuzma, and Hart all have to be off your roster. Yeah, you just don't for, have room yes, per the that, cap. Yeah. That has nothing to do with what the Spurs are offering. Right. In order to fit them, they're all gone. And whether that means including a third team where somebody goes and then the Spurs get a pick from a pick, them, sure. or however it would transpire, you're absolutely right. Because just per room, the only reason why Kawhi, not the only reason, because obviously if you believe the source reports that he wants to come back home to LA from uh, to Southern California, uh, then that is another reason. But if you if you're looking at the money, they'd need to make room for for the the contract that Kawhi would sign when this contract's up. So you're absolutely right. And the 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 fact of the matter is, when you look around the NBA, availability of assets and the desire to have a player like Kawhi, the Lakers really fit the bill. The Clippers do not because what can they offer? Really, honestly, well, I mean, what can they offer? Right. Although that the, aren't the Spurs at that spot now. The two teams that I still feel like are probably interested in talking to the Spurs are the Clippers and the Sixers. What offer could either team put together that excites you? Yeah. I've heard people put two and two together. The Spurs let Tony Parker go, and maybe that means Philly uh, is ready to include Markel Fultz. I kind of feel like that's appeasement for Kawhi because I think the Spurs are looking – if you're right, if what you're saying is right, because then this storyline really makes a lot of sense, if the Lakers all of a sudden being their best op- option with all the assets L.A. has at this moment kind of went, you know what, San Antonio, we're all set for now. Yep. Thanks. Yep. Well, you, you say to Tony, you go, look, we got to mend the fence with Kawhi. This is our only chance at having anything well, resembling a playoff run next season. So y- you head out of town. We'll try to get things settled here with, with Leonard and at least get that last year out of them and maybe extend it if if TP was really the biggest problem in San Antonio for Kawhi. Yeah, and again, there, there's guesswork there. What was the actual problem? We've seen reporting that said that was the last straw, not the first straw. The Correct. first straw was all about his injury. The last straw 
was when Parker found a microphone and said, I've had the same injury. Mine was 100 times worse. Um, and, and he really called out Kawhi Leonard. So I buy what you're saying. And, and, and I know that um, publicly they've done a nice job. Tony Parker called Greg Popovich to explain to him why he's taking this offer in Charlotte. And it's because he'll serve significant time as the backup to Kemba Walker. And then the Spurs released a statement. Oh, Tony. Tony, we love you. We love you so much. (laughs) And I went, okay, hold on a second. So those are nice letters. Great job. You you wrote some nice emails. All right, hang on a second. The role that Tony Parker would play in Charlotte. That's the same role he had in San Antonio. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the understudy to Kawhi Leonard and sort of one of those soothsayer types, at least at first, who was – Grooming him to become the star he sure. inevitably became, and there are now other point guards, uh, you know, you know, from you know Patty Mills and Murray and whatever. There are other guards there in San Antonio uh, who Parker was backing up at this age, and that's so that's fine. Yep, uh, Kemba Walker is a star, so by virtue of that, there are even fewer backup minutes available in Charlotte than San Antonio. And here is clue number two: Oh, San Antonio really wanted him, but. You know, they let him go. He signed a two-year, $10 million deal. If somebody really wants you, (laughs) I think they can come up with that. Check it out. Boogie Cousins just signed a one-year, $5.3 million mid-level exception with the Warriors. Nobody That's the kind of money you get when nobody wants you is $5 million for a year. And you're hurt, and you're not going to play for half the year. Right, so Tony Parker is getting five mil a year for the next two years, and you're going to try to sell me that that they really want it? No, they didn't really want him. You, I mean, you basically all you have to do is take the old cans out of the cupboard to make room for $5 million in a year in the NBA. If you're the Spurs and you do discover, and I think that this is a possibility, you discover that you overplayed your hand. Remember, the thought might have been, hey, um, we're going to hold the Lakers' feet to the fire because they want LeBron. And Kawhi, remember that report? Yep. Kawhi brings LeBron. Or not. The second LeBron signed anyway, the Spurs went, uh, so what's plan B? And now who's calling? You don't have a lot there. The offers aren't great. You're not going to get what you thought you were going to get. The best offer has already walked out the door. It was from the Lakers. Wouldn't plan B suddenly become, hey, let's get Parker out of here and see if we can save this. I'll tell you the other thing. And then worst case scenario, handle it at the deadline. The news item that I'm searching for and I'm waiting for it, quite frankly, that is going to be the clue that either, A, there's progress in the recruitment of Kawhi back into the fold in San Antonio, or desperation on the Spurs side is when you see team trainers or doctors getting their walking papers. Because, look, these relationships are well-established. Sometimes team owners have sponsorship ties with certain medical groups. You'll see oftentimes, even in the NFL, you'll see sometimes on the practice jerseys uh, the the sponsorship of whatever hospital or health system they go through. If there isn't a tie like that, or even if there is, 
if they sever those ties with those doctors and trainers, I think they're feathering the bed with Tony Parker bouncing and heading out of town. They're feathering the bed for Kawhi to make a safe landing back home in San Antonio. Un, un, unlikely to happen, but has anybody run through their head like, what if the Spurs do a kick save here? And where do they factor into the West? They would suddenly have Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge and Greg Popovich. Like, Lakers, Spurs, Rockets, Warriors. Oh, the NBA's boring. There's no good teams. Uh, hold on a second. Except for, like, you know, <laughs> all of the teams <laughs> in the West. Except for, uh, we got a whole bunch of good stuff, actually. Yeah. Um, okay, so, am I right on that? That the Lakers couldn't even fit Kawhi without dumping all their young guys. Eric Pincus, capologist, joins us in just a minute here on Mark and Rich. Let's get Gascon in here with an update at least on Drama 1. Drama Ugh. 1 is Russia and Croatia, Man. and right now we are coming down the stretch. And you had to summon me right now because there was a handball just outside the box. Oh, What's man. in the box? <laughs> PKs are what's in the box what? if you get that handball. What's in the box? That's a great movie. That uh, is a dark movie. It, it is. A great movie. It is. You know what? I loved that movie in my 20s, and I hate it in my 40s. <laughs> and for everyone that does not know what that reference is, it's the movie 7 with Brad Pitt. What's uh, in the bleeping box? Oh, Kevin Spacey. What's yeah, yeah, yeah Kevin Spacey, Morgan Freeman. Great movie. No, Anyways, yeah. so, yeah, the drama stands right now. Is there an extra time? Croatia with a handball just outside the box, so Russia's going to take a free kick right now. And oh, the they score! The back of the net! They Whoa! score! Uh, they score! Mark Willard as they would... Oh, my gosh! <laughs> this, is, this is live on Fox right now, and uh, as Mark Willard would say, they are uh, level. They, they, yes. It was an equalizer. It was a Russian equalizer, yeah. which sounds about like a movie title in the James Bond franchise. That's true, yeah. The yeah. Russian equalizer has taken place. So, and now with like a scud miss. Let me do the math. We've got about six minutes left in this match, and we're even again at two. Yeah, that's assuming no uh, no stoppage time in the extra that's session, right. too. So, yeah, unreal. 2-2 yeah, two, two is the score right now. Goal scoring came in the extra time. Just one goal on each side. It was 1-1. One, one. At the end of the first half, again, all the actions available. If you don't want to listen to Mark and Rich, give it. But you can watch it on on Fox or obviously that, on the. That was a crappy thing to say. Yeah, what, boy, what? what? Bag over the yeah. head, punch if to you, the. If junk. You don't want to oh listen to Mark. Who doesn't want to wow. listen yeah, to Mark and Rich? Well, no, I mean the, six the, days a week the, for the, the, out loud. I mean, I, <laughs> just just yell goal! I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, that just do it. Right it's all okay, guys. It was a great header to equalize this thing earlier today. You had England defeat Sweden two nothing on Fox as well. England will face the winner of this match, whoever's standing. Literally, yeah, after they're going to be exhausted. Match. Yeah, both teams are exhausted, so they will play on Wednesday morning, at least on the West Coast on Fox. Uh, in Major League Baseball, Reds putting it to the Cubbies. 7-2. Orioles were up 3-0 to the Twins. It's now Minnesota 5, Baltimore 3, San Francisco and St. Louis just underway from the Bay Area. Yankees get a home run from Brett Gardner, his sixth of the year. And then, of course, all rise. Aaron Judge is 25th <laughs> of the season. Yankees on top of the Blue Jays for nothing. Triber in front of the A's, 1-0. That game sits in the bottom of the first inning from Cleveland. No supuesto, Parlo, even though I know that's the other guy uh, in New York. Thank you for that, Dave. All right, so we just have a handful of minutes to go. Russia, Croatia to all. Um, we're luckily, uh, we look like we're heading for penalty kicks. Uh, we'll keep you up to date on all of that. And one way or another, there's going to be 
a large outburst pouring out into the streets of Russia after this match. No question Whether about it's it. a win or a loss. Yep. Um, Eric Pincus, lead Laker writer, Bleacher Report, capologist for Basketball Insiders, joins us now live on Fox Sports Radio. Eric, great to have you. So I want to run uh, what I promised to be our first question for you by you. The way I understand it is that if the Lakers still I, – I don't even think they're calling about Kawhi anymore. It looks like they've moved on. For them to fit Kawhi Leonard, forget for a minute who they'd offer, they they literally can't have Ingram, Kuzma, Ball, or Hart's contracts on, on the books. They'd have to stretch Dang, and those guys would have to be gone even to fit Kawhi. Is that right? Uh, I mean, yes and no. They can make it work. It, it depends on how badly they want to do. Uh, it's, they don't have the cap room to absorb him, but if they're trading like a multi-team trade, send, say, the send Deng to the Atlanta Hawks. They're sitting there with a lot of cap room. There haven't been any teams that have really looked to overpay the salary dump. We saw that the the Nuggets sent Wilson Chandler to the Sixers, uh, and that's the kind of salary dump that the Hawks are waiting for, but they want a lot of picks out of it, one or even two first-round picks. And if the Lakers are willing to do that, and if they could get Kawhi, they still probably have to give something to San Antonio, I would think. So if you're talking like Ingram and Dang, you can make something work. So mathematically, it is doable. And, yeah, there's a way you could stretch out Luol Deng's salary and then maybe trade. There, there are other ways to do it without getting Atlanta involved. If the Lakers really want it, they, I'm sure they can get involved with it. But I don't know how badly they do. I don't know how badly the Spurs want to trade Kawhi Leonard to play with LeBron James and make a superpower in the West. That doesn't make a lot of sense. If if you ask me, I think the smart money is still Philadelphia because Brett Brown has a long-time relationship with San Antonio people. That's where he's from as far as uh, the coaching tree. So uh, I think Philadelphia is still the favorite, but uh, something to keep an eye on. Let's talk about another team in the West who's slamming their head into the ceiling of the cap and really blasting through it as long as Carmelo Anthony's still on the books, and that's OKC. They re-signed George. Obviously, Russell Westbrook's there. Carmelo could we see a situation where they just release this guy? Is there value for a trade for them? Well, I, I wrote about it on Bleacher. Uh, I, I broke it down, and literally like three or four hours later, there was a report from ESPN <laughs> that they are going to part ways with Melo. And, and it's just, it just makes too much sense. The reality is, is that they're a repeat tax offender, which means they're, they're paying extra tax. Uh, they're paying Carmelo Anthony only, and I say only, you know, facetiously, facetiously, $27 million. <laughs> uh, but, but the problem is, is that they're paying a $27 million tax on top of that, and then they're paying a progressive tax, and when you add it all up with all the other commitments they have, if they get rid of Carmelo Anthony, they could save over $100 million, maybe $120 million. And I'm sorry, unless it's LeBron, you could argue that LeBron's worth that maybe to a franchise. It is very few. It just doesn't make any kind of sense. So what they could do is they could look to trade him, and there's no team that really has zero cap room that would take Carmelo Anthony. We we talked about the Hawks briefly, but maybe, but now they're paying a lot of resources, giving away first round picks, et cetera, et cetera, to get rid of Carmelo. And Carmelo has a no trade clause. Remember, he had that in New York, which is why they struggled to move his contract. And now that went with him to Oklahoma City, so he could stop anything they do. So it's kind of a mess. I think the easiest of all solutions is ask him for, okay, if you go somewhere else, you could make about $3 million, $2.5 million. Take that off of, of, the, money, of the money that, you know, we'll, we'll, just give us $2.5 million. You'll go, go play for the Rockets, go play for the Lakers somewhere else, and you'll make that up. And then they stretch out his salary, like we said with Dang, 
over three years in his case, and that would save him so much money. It's not even, it's just ridiculous. It's such an obvious move. It doesn't cost them anything but money, but a lot less money in the here and now. Costs them a little bit of money next year and the year after, or a couple of years down the road, but it, it, that's, that's nothing compared to the burden that they're having to pay this year in tax. Yeah, so Eric, let's play that out a little bit, what you just suggested, because those are the two teams that have come up the most. Maybe it's because they're contenders. Maybe it's because LeBron and Melo and Chris Paul are all really good friends. But uh, does it fit and make sense for the Lakers uh-huh. or the Rockets, and, and what would it cost? Are they ready? Do they have room to just sign Carmelo Anthony right away? Well, it, it becomes – if you're a team and Carmelo's getting paid $27 million, at that point he should be signing somewhere else for the minimum, you would think. Uh, the Rockets might have a little bit more, but not much more as far as like a taxpayer accept- exception in like the 4 or $5 million range. But uh, they're a taxpayer as well, so do they want to start getting into that kind of territory to pay Carmelo? But they might. And looking at what Carmelo does, he's a really good scorer. He will always be a really good scorer. He's not as much of an isolation scorer as he used to be, but that's really the strength of his game. He's not a defender. He, in his prime, he was only a marginal defender at times. He, that's not his strength. So if you're the Rockets and they have a very isolation style of play and you're playing with guys who are very fond of Carmelo, it makes a lot of sense. That's a team that feels like they could have won the championship at Chris Paul, not gotten hurt. So it makes a lot of sense. From the Lakers' point of view, uh, I, I don't. I, I guess if LeBron wants him, then the Lakers want him, right? Isn't that kind of how it works? I mean, if LeBron says, "Yeah, get me Carmelo," <laughs> right, right. they're probably going to get Carmelo. But from my point of view, uh, the, the Lakers are missing a center. I, I feel like they could use another center. But it, it, outside of that, if you have at forward LeBron, you have Kyle Kuzma, you can play Brandon Ingram. They have some options there at power forward, and and. I'm not sold that giving those minutes to Carmelo Anthony is going to help when they have a team of guys who need to develop and are really talented. And we don't know which of these young players, like if this is a transition year, if Lakers are really patient and they land another star next year, and if next year is really their moment to go for the title, maybe this is a transition year. Maybe this is the year to find out how good is Kuzma in this scenario? How good is Ingram? How good is Josh Hart? How good is Lonzo Ball? And figure it out with what you have before you give the ball to someone like Carmelo who wants to dominate it and score. Let the other guys figure that out. And then next year, go after that second star and you'll have more information. Maybe maybe you already have that second star on your roster already. Hey, Eric, uh, we got about 40 seconds here. LeBron James last year, he was checking out Lonzo Ball summer league games in Vegas. You're on your way out there. You know, it, it almost feels like summer league's uh, as much important what's going on off the court as what's going on on the court. What's the biggest storyline you're expecting to see or come out with on the other side of this Vegas trip? Well, I'm looking at my, my thermostat. It's at 116 degrees right now. So I, I, <laughs> I have, the big story is how do we deal with that? I don't know about anything else. No. Uh, I mean, I think the longest running, the biggest issue, the most obvious unsolved question is Kawhi Leonard. I think everyone right now is figuring out what can be done. And, and 30 teams right now are there. And so when you have a chance to go out to dinner, get a lunch, uh, just be together and have conversations, Maybe something can be fr- come up. You can come up with something. So I think that's going to be hanging over the NBA. That's yeah. going to be hanging over everything until that's resolved. Eric Pink is great stuff, bud. Really appreciate the time today. Thanks for doing it. 
right, guys. Anytime. Thanks, okay. Sir. Eric Pincus, NBA capologist, Bleacher Report, Basketball Insiders, Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. PKs, Russia, Croatia. We will have them for you live next. Well, the final four is set. Where is it this year? Is it in Indianapolis or San Antonio? Or where, where are we going for the final four this year? Uh, Jerry's World. It's okay, down Jerry. in Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, Croatia will play England. France will play Belgium. And I'm rooting for no really good reason, other than that I've been to both places. I'm rooting for a France-England World Cup final. I think that would be uh, lit AF. Yeah. And... Um, uh, Two countries be, that have historically gotten well, gotten together uh, so well, so you know, well, right? No, no like, drama. I just those. think there's some storylines there, <laughs> and I think both of them have been playing really well. Belgium has too. Look, nothing against any of these uh, these nations, but France versus England that that would be just, a, that'd be a whole lot of fun. It sounds like the right matchup, yeah. and also I'll be rooting against your English team because Why? France took our sides in the Revolutionary War and helped us well, win. I so, like there's uh, even going to be a battle within my own house. My son's best friend just moved to Paris and they like FaceTime during these matches. And so he'll root for France, I'll root for England, and we'll see if we survive. I, I really don't know, but that's <laughs> that's the final four. I already announced on our show in San Diego earlier this week. I have made a major sports fan faux pas, sports media guy faux pas. Oh, what's happened? Well, uh, we're going on a little family vacation next weekend, and uh, I made a tea time for 8 in the morning on Sunday, a week from tomorrow. Got it. I didn't realize that's exactly when the World Cup oh. final kicks off. I didn't realize. Like, why is it eight days from now? Come on, man. We got three matches left. It was brilliant timing oh, having it on a weekend. One of my big complaints, because I really enjoy – so one of my favorite things about the Super Bowl, and it's not just that it's football, albeit my favorite sport, but it's one game, right? It's one moment to decide it all as opposed to baseball, which is seven games. Hockey, same thing. Uh, basketball, same thing. World Cup has that Super Bowl feel to me. Yes. It's one, one match yeah, yeah. to decide everything. Two hours for the whole banana. They throw it on a Sunday. It's great because I like the feeling I get. When I'm watching a World Cup match, it feels like most of the world's doing exactly what I'm doing. And for whatever reason, I like how that feels. So that Sunday, that Sunday at 8 a.m., yep. while you're uh, you know judging a two-putt. I'm, I'm slicing things into the woods. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting with the rest of the world watching potentially well, France, England, and rooting on the frog. We will be in the middle of nowhere, so we have the possible opportunity of doing the whole, like, let's tape it and then just turn the phones off. That's a great point. So that's possible, but the other thing I'm going to do, I'm going to root for what the rest of the world is not rooting for. I'm rooting for PKs. Because if it takes that long, I think we'll be off the course in time <laughs> to catch the end of it in the clubhouse. Well, also, you'll have the course <laughs> to yourself, by the way, because I have a feeling everybody's going to be at home watching the uh, World It's Cup. actually yeah. amazing in major sporting events how many people are not watching. Like, I've always, I always, I've told you this before, I always do that during the Super Bowl. Halftime will come and I look out the window just to see, like, who's going for a jog. Right. Yeah. I'm like, who, who are you? <laughs> yeah. What the hell are you doing? What's your life got going on? It's, it's, it's jarring because it's earlier on the West Coast. When I moved out here, I, I kid you not, one of the Super Bowls recently, I was outside and I was near the beach. Oh, I remember what I was doing. I had to go walk the dog because every <laughs> like, I, like, I, we have young kids and I, I'm like, all right, come on, let's go. Let's yeah. go. Somebody's flying a kite. 
Like, just really having just, a great time flying a kite. It's dusk. They're just like, what's everybody else yeah, doing? Like, the beach is empty. <laughs> Parking was so easy to find. That was weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny, man. There are a lot of people out there doing stuff that we just don't even know about. So we're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. Let me run a theory by you. Okay. Los Angeles Lakers. They signed LeBron. And then a couple of more announcements come down. That's the uh, Lance Stevenson and JaVale McGee came right away. And uh, KCP as well. And then the next day, Rajon Rondo. Yep. And everyone reacted the same way. They said, huh, that's kind of curious. I tweeted out, Lonzo is Gonzo. Lonzo is Gonzo. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so um, they've said all the right things. Rondo says he's coming to compete for the starting job. And LeVar Ball called him a little backup. And the Lakers have said, no, 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 everything's cool here. We're just, you know, we're going to encourage competition. Uh, We're kicking the tires. Best man will win the job. So then quietly two days later comes out the report that the Lakers also, like the rest of us conspiracy theorists, believe that the Ball family leaked a torn meniscus right about the time that the Lakers might have been contemplating trading it. Wow. Well, that's a bit of a leap. You're spanning like a gap the size of the Grand Canyon to come to those conclusions. Huh? Not really. Okay, no. Actually, this is a pretty easy one to put together. It's actually more like uh, the gap (laughs) of like one of those uh, corner sewers on your uh, cul-de-sac. It's like, oh, look, tiny puddle in the gutter. (laughs) Whoop. Oh, glad I saw it. What if the Lakers are actually doing this? Oh, you leaked a torn meniscus when we're trying to land Kawhi, does everybody understand how incredibly unforgivable that is? I've been fascinated by the lack of discussion and outrage here. Oh, that feels like the Bull family leaked it. And then the story comes out, yeah, the Lakers agree. And everyone's like, huh, no, 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 that's unforgivable. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So the reason why I haven't heard anything about it is because all of us out here in sports media understood what happened. So we went nuts. We went to air, we turned on our microphones, and we gave this story hell. Every fan who's dialed in to free agency and what assets were available to move for the Lakers to land Kawhi went nuts on Twitter. The Lakers haven't said word one. And to me, that says the whole story. They're done with Lonzo Ball. If they were even slightly interested in getting this story under control, they would have launched a public message saying, we've, we've spoken with LeVar Ball, we're getting to the bottom of this, our medical team is all over it, Lonzo's health is not in question, we haven't, heard, we haven't even heard a medical update out of Lakers camp. We're going to Summer League Vegas just today. I mean, it's all getting started. 30 teams are going to you know, be in the desert together. To me, I look at this situation, I say the, the reason why I know the Lakers are done with the Ball family is because we haven't heard anything. They are going to be shopping Lonzo to 29 teams ah, for the foreseeable future. But they can't yet. Do you know why? He crushed his own value. So, if you're the Lakers, how do you handle that? Lonzo now seems like damaged goods coming off of a sometimes good but questionable rookie season. Factor in the family, and nobody else wants him. 
So how do we change that? Oh, I have an idea. Let's sign a big-name point guard who does the same thing. And then have Lonzo beat him out for the starting job. Ooh, that'll make Lonzo look good. You know what else is going to make Lonzo look good? LeBron James on the right wing. Oh, yeah. That's going to make Lonzo look good. Yay. So we're not going to trade Lonzo now. We're going to trade Lonzo in February because that's what we'll use the first half of this season to do. We're going to rejuvenate Lonzo Ball's trade value. Rondo's presence helps that. Rondo's presence also helps something else, and that is the playoffs next year once Lonzo Ball's not on your team. So once you've traded him, now you actually have the guy that has a nickname called Playoff Rondo, and the Lakers are going to the playoffs this year. So you rejuvenate Lonzo's value, you get him the heck out of town, and then you have a point guard right in time for the playoffs. That is how I read this whole thing, and I agree with you. That was unforgivable, and to me, the Lakers, uh, they there's no way they're going to sit idly by if they truly do, as the report suggests, believe that his family leaked an injury. There's no way they sit there and take that. I'm curious how much the rest of the league believes in the injury. I, I'm curious. I really am. I'm curious if the rest of the league really cares. I mean, look, Lonzo Ball, there's no question his trade value depresses because of his father. There's yep. no question about that. Well, certain teams like the Spurs that won't even have him. Exactly correct. But there are going to be teams who say, you know what, we're getting such low buzz. This buffoon is going to make so much noise in our tiny market, and we're so far from being contenders that this would actually aid us for a little while if we bring in the traveling circus that is the Ball family. And he is a good young player. He's, he's got potential. Now, if you look at his line, it's not, it's not anything that's going to reach out and grab you but in any not, sort of that's way. that's not his thing. But he's, he's more of a court visionary. He's going to advance the ball. He's going to find people in traffic that you wouldn't he, expect him to. He, he's Rondo. He's Rondo. <laughs> he's, he's Jason he, Kidd. He can become Rajon Rondo. He's the kid version of kid. Yes. So when you look at Alonzo Ball, you say, nope, he still has value in other markets. And that's the reason why I think the Lakers have been so mum on this. Because I, I believe in what you're saying. I do think he looks better with LeBron. I do think you dangle a carrot, a point guard, somebody playing opposite Lonzo, and you give Lonzo minutes to prove himself, he may even. But prior to that, you may have a small market team willing to divorce themselves of a pick sometime in the future Maybe. that you can package with the Deng contract somewhere down the line or potentially land a Kawhi at some point if this story between San Antonio and Kawhi continues to spiral out of control and, and really be in the captain's chair again. The Ball family, unfortunately, at this point is a cancer. And the Lakers have already seen the doctors, and the doctors said, guess what? Stop concentrating on the negative things you cannot control. Only concentrate on the positive things you can. And so I think that's what Magic and Rob Palinka are going to Vegas with that attitude. They're going, you know what? We'll deal with it while it's here. In the meantime, we'll try to find the cure. And the cure is finding one of 29 other teams out there who's interested in Lonzo enough to, to hand over a first-rounder that looks good enough to you.
877-99 on Fox is the number. It's Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. Jordan Schultz, Yahoo NBA insider, joins us in about 15 minutes. Coming up next, he's a big name, and he's suddenly available. Why would anyone want him is the question. That's next. I think that's a rule. I might have just made that up, <laughs> but all I know is FIFA has not done that with any team yet. They have to have – I don't know. Again, I don't know if they have to, but nobody – Obviously, you don't play any back-to-backs, and you don't play with only two days off either. Everybody gets at least three days off. Gavin was just asking us, why are the semifinals on Tuesday and Wednesday as opposed to being you know, on weekend for television? I'm like, well, then because now you're stretching it out two weeks because you have to have at least three days off. Yeah, you know, I mean, and given how much these guys run and how toast their legs must be after a match, especially one spanning stoppage time, extra minutes, and penalty kicks, like the one we just saw between Croatia and Russia, you you have a problem on your hand from a standpoint of gameplay. You you won't have fresh players if if you're doing that to them. So, yeah, look, if you're going to eat it on one stage, it better be the Final Four instead of the Final. Because like I was saying with the Super Bowl, to have a single game, a solitary moment decide – Who's the best? The reason why the Super Bowl draws me in so much is because the world stands still and you understand for a little while you're doing what everybody else is. Yep. And that's the same exact vibe the World Cup presents when they when they do it this way on a Sunday, on a weekend day. Uh, so, yeah, so it'll be an exciting Sunday. You'll be golfing. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, Jordan Schultz, Yahoo Sports. NBA insider in less than 10 minutes. One of the things we'll ask him is this. I understand why there are rumors that the Rockets and Lakers would be the landing spot now for Carmelo Anthony. Mm. He's going to get bought out by the Thunder, and he'll look for a contender. Chris Paul's a good buddy. LeBron's another one. And both of those teams seemingly still want, you know, another scoring piece. I keep hearing all the Laker fans say, so this is a whole lot of fun, but who are the shooters again? Right. Okay, so that makes sense. And then the Rockets lost Ariza and, you know, came up just short. So would they like another option? I get why everybody's saying the Rockets or the Lakers. However, I would ask any team, especially any contending team, why do you really want to do this? Because – Neither one of these teams have any room for Carmelo Anthony to be Carmelo Anthony. And I've gotten myself to the point where I'm not sure the NBA has room anymore for Carmelo Anthony to be Carmelo Anthony. What have the Warriors shown us? What has Mike D'Antoni at least tried to show us? It's hard with players like Chris Paul and James Harden, but these guys preach the ball doesn't stop. Right. The ball doesn't stop. Carmelo Anthony is the biggest ball stopper that the NBA has the last decade. He is a black hole when his feet are set at mid-range. If you pass him the ball at mid-range, he's taking a shot. doesn't matter if he has a hand in his face. It doesn't matter if he's being doubled in the lane. He is one of the most prolific scorers this league will ever know, a Hall of Famer for certain. And in the low post and at that mid-range area, I don't know if we've ever seen a more effective guy. Sure, okay. But that's going the way of the dodo bird. That's going the way of the dinosaurs. That's going the way 
of of the Mastodon. We are not going to see that game in the NBA in any significant way until the league zags where it's currently zigging again. I mean, it just it's not it is not the way coaches, it is not the way uh, uh, GMs are building teams anymore. It's not the way it's being practiced and preached like you just mentioned. It's move the ball, find the open man, even if you have a free layup in the lane. If the wing is empty and you've got a guy who's at least some, 30% or better in the corner. Some guys will throw it out there to him. you yeah. got to toss it out because the three attempt is better than the two under the hoop. It's just insane. Analytics has infiltrated the game of basketball so much that it's actually throwing the governor on gameplay like a Boogie Cousins, a Dwight Howard. Their their value has plummeted. Although Boogie, I mean Boogie shoots threes now. Now that's the other side. It either either the value plummets or these seven footers decide I'm going to go learn how to shoot the three. Yeah, you go ahead and do that. And as a matter of fact, if you look at LeBron James and as he's evolved his game, he has all of a sudden skyrocketed in these three point attempts, these yep. three points made. And you can see it. There's a natural trajectory, a nice soft curve upward as the rest of the league started performing this at a higher level. So did LeBron James. It's one of the smartest guys around. It's the reason why he's still so relevant year 16 coming up. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. He's available or may be available soon should he part ways with OKC, freeing them of the luxury tax and the cap space they desperately need at this point. But who wants him? I'm not sure that question's answered in any in any timely matter, at least. It's almost like the point you just brought up about Lonzo Ball. I know that people see the name Carmelo Anthony and they're like, ooh, right. Carmelo Anthony. Right. See, that's you reacting to the name value, not the actual functional basketball player who you would inject into a roster. Take a look around. I understand that Denver went far in the playoffs one time with him, but since then, it was a big deal when he went to New York. Sure. How'd it go? It's a big deal when he went to Oklahoma City. How'd it go? What is it you actually think from a basketball-only sense? Move the name value aside. Basketball sense. What value do you really think he suddenly is adding to your team? I would suggest if your goal is to try to win, it's really nothing. And I wonder what you think of this. You tell me if I'm about to offend you or not. Go ahead. I was trying to think of a comp in the NFL, and I did. And it kind of hurt my heart because I like this guy, and I think he's a really good player. And I think that people probably pin things to him that aren't deserved because the lack of success that he's had is not solely due to him. However, your resume is your resume at a certain point. I think Carmelo Anthony is the Phillip Rivers of the NBA. There's a whole lot of stats going on. Oh, you hit me in the heart. And I think that there are a lot of players <laughs> in the league who look around and go, that guy is great. He is great. Remember Kobe Bryant defending Philip or uh, Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony yeah. years ago? And Philip Rivers, my <laughs> goodness. Yeah, Kobe, Kobe defended Carmelo Anthony. Players will because they look at him and they see, hey, he's got game. He's got game. So does Philip Rivers. But what does this all add up to? No, I get it. Let me let me give you my reasoning behind why I don't love the comparison. Okay. And and yes, let me let me also provide resume items. I may be biased. 
Uh, I mean, you used to bend over in front of him and yeah. snap him a football all the time for a living. So uh, well, Yeah, I was a center with the Chargers. I played with Phillip Rivers, easily one of my favorite teammates of all time, a terrific leader. And I do feel, uh, given his circumstances, and some of this is circumstantial, uh, he could have had better opportunities provided had he been with an organization who provided them. So having said all that. It's true for Mello too, maybe. We've gotten the opportunity, though, to see Mello with a bunch of different offenses, true. a bunch of different coaches, a bunch of different GMs, a bunch of different situations, and some of the best we've seen in the NBA. And maybe outside their prime with Phil Jackson in New York, I'll give you that, but still. This is a guy who's had many opportunities with many different squads and still hasn't been able to take a team on his back and make the move. I look at the situation. I look at the situation, and also another reason why the comparison fails is because yeah. uh, you have a whole crop of little rivers. Yes. I think he's got eight children. Mello is one child. One solitary child. So, yeah. yeah. He's a, yeah I, I, I mean, Philip has eight kids for every one of Mello's. That's right. Correct. But, you know, okay. Yeah. No, I didn't say they're the same person. No, no, but I get it. The accolades it, don't, well, don't, the attributes the, don't match up with the accolades throughout the career. The results, the career results are stunningly similar. Both had one year where they broke through and almost got to the finish line and didn't. And then outside of that, Hall of Fame stats, but just Hall of Fame stats. And really, no other moments to speak of. I look at Mello, though, and I think his game just doesn't seem to fit anymore. And I look at Phillip Rivers and I say, if he was wearing Giants blue, if he was wearing Steelers yellow, if he was wearing Patriots, you know, red, white, and blue, like, wouldn't that look different? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that have gone better? I look at Car- uh, Carmelo Anthony and I say to myself, it doesn't matter what what different color jersey this man has worn? So you're you're saying that there is a scenario where Philip can lead a team to a Super Bowl. There is not a scenario where Carmelo can be the one on a championship team. I think I buy that. I, that's what I believe. I think I buy that. I really do because, and also, we're not done yet. You know, you may see Philip. We're close to done with Carmelo Anthony. We're not. Co- well, he could sign with the Warriors. He could. <laughs> And they'll win a championship. He'll, he'll, yeah. saying, Look, the know. Warriors sign everybody. I wouldn't be shocked in the least bit. Just wanted to make sure everybody uh, threw up right before we uh, brought Jordan Schultz in here. Oh, man. All right, Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. Jordan's going to jump on here in just a second. But first, let's go to David Gascon. You want to talk about somebody who's got a resume. I, somebody I, who could be the one on a championship team. That's funny. I was just talking to my friend about a, a resume. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? What, who, why? Are you going somewhere? No, no. It's just, oh, okay. it's just amazing how, how much your resume grows as the years go along, like <laughs> decades and a decade and way, a decade. I got a question. Sure. Do, do people use resumes anymore? Yeah. I had somebody say, they're like, hey, will you look over my resume? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> but is anybody else going to ever look this over? In other words, if you email a prospective employer a resume. Yeah. Is anybody looking at those things anymore? You know what, Gascon, it's so bizarre hearing Mark say this. This guy literally has 10 jobs. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, yeah, like, By the way, I've sent none of them a resume. Well, yeah. I mean, I got a LinkedIn profile. It's the so, same thing. Uh, but but I, hear, I hear that prospective employers only look at a resume for six seconds, and then they move on. So if you get caught, you're great. If not, peace out. It's so. kind of like a uh, Mike D'Antoni offense, six yeah. seconds or less. Or yeah. kind of like yeah. one of my first dates. I don't these, know. Whatever. Wow. These are the best know. resume wow. tips I've ever yeah. heard. Yeah. Comic Sans font, a uh, huge, huge, bold print, and make it about 14 <laughs> pages long. 
Jesus. Yeah, there you have it. Guys, speaking of resumes, Russia had one (laughs) growing in this World Cup action, but they were bounced today. Not since 1990. It's a team won consecutive penalty shootouts in a World Cup. And Ivan Rakitic, 30 years old, Swiss-born Croatian parents, plays for Barcelona. A chance to lift his country into the World Cup semifinal. Akinfeyev needs a save or a miss to keep Russia alive. Rakitic converts Croatia on to the World Cup semifinal. Yeah, so they win it in penalties, and they'll face off against England, who beat Sweden earlier today. All the action, obviously, is available on Fox. Those two teams, Sweden and Croatia, will meet on Wednesday. So stay tuned on all of that. In Major League Baseball, Cubs were down 7-2 to the Reds, but the Reds are the Reds. And so Chicago now leads 8-7. to seven. Javier Baez has a home run the 17th of the year. A couple runs knocked in as well. Twins came back to disrupt the Orioles 5-4. to four. Cardinals in front in San Francisco 3-0. It's the Pirates 2, Phillies nothing. And the Yankees got a home run from Aaron Judge, Brett Gardner. They all go yard, yard, yard. Yankees 7-2 <laughs> over the Toronto Blue Jays right now. I don't know. That was a little impromptu. Anyways, I'm working on my resume. Rich and I got to do a little something since we're going to have like 10 jobs like Mark Willard yeah, does. that's right. We got to catch up. Absolutely. Yeah, you guys are pretty close. Well. Rich, Rich, Rich is not a one-job guy. That's if true. you don't know, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. All right, um, good stuff, Dave. Thanks. All right, Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. Here comes uh, Jordan Schultz in just a second. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Easy to save fifteen percent or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call eight hundred nine four seven Auto. The only hard part: figuring out which way is easier. Yahoo Sports NBA Insider Pull Up Podcast with CJ McCollum. Here he is, Jordan Schultz. Jordan, I want to run this by you. While everybody's waiting to find out where Kawhi Leonard is going to go, I mean, my read on the situation is that the Lakers have already moved on. I mean, those signings that they brought in are going to make it so much harder for them to acquire him. The only way that they could fit Kawhi Leonard's contract under their cap is if somebody takes Lawal Dang or they're willing to send all of their core young four out, which both of those seem pretty unlikely. Doesn't it seem like the Lakers aren't even in this discussion anymore? Yeah, it does, and, and part of that is because they believe so strongly that next summer they'll be able to attract Kawhi because of LeBron. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've said this report before. I think it's worth repeating, though. You know, cap space is not a precursor to signing somebody, as we saw this summer with Paul George. But, you know, when you have LeBron James, you're banking on the fact that he's going to become the ultimate recruiter. And so I think, you know, some of the pressure for LeBron has been alleviated by by being in L.A. and and having a flawed roster right now. But next summer, uh, you can imagine, you know, Ingram, Kuzma, another year under their belts, potentially ball, and then obviously the opportunity to bring in Kawhi is enormous. To me, the Lakers have made some odd moves, not surrounding him with more shooters. But in terms of waiting for Kawhi, I I think that's the right move because unless you can get him without giving up Brandon Ingram, which I do not see happening, to me it's just not worth it. Um, And I – I think they're they're willing to to sit back and let this thing play out. Reading one of your tweets from earlier in the day, you were speaking about how you you chatted with the general manager, and and I'm going to paraphrase here, but basically this is a situation where the Spurs are kind of treading in uncharted territory with how unhappy Kawhi is with the organization and how ugly this is getting. I mean, I'm looking at pot shots getting fired off from both these camps and nobody's looking good here. Do you expect this to last much longer? Will this be the story of the summer? Or will this get resolved soon? Well, plenty of teams would love to have him. Like, the Lakers would love to have him. It's just a matter of what they're going to give up. You can say the same thing about Philadelphia or Boston. 
etc. But the, the, the Spurs are not necessarily in a rush. But I think to me, the longer it goes on, the more uncharted territory it gets because they haven't been in this position, and the, the more leverage they lose. And I and I think Doug Gottlieb, I was talking to him recently, made a good point about that. They haven't they haven't been in this spot before, and so for me, um, you know. It, it could conceivably drag on, you know, well into the summer. Um, I, I don't think it's going to – I don't think something's going to happen soon. Um, I, I don't know if that means, you know, we're, we're talking about a whole summer or not. But to me, it, the, the Spurs are still evaluating every every possible option, which in, still includes keeping him, although I, I still don't see foresee that happening. Um, there is the possibility they could go into the season with them and wait to trade him before the deadline. But you know they're being very stubborn, and and as the as one GM told me, they're they're, they're really unwilling to, to budge even a little bit. So um, you know there's a tough balance for them in terms of waiting and then trying to extract max value. Jordan Schultz, Yahoo, joining us, Fox Sports Radio. Jordan, how did you read the Tony Parker move yesterday? Because while the Spurs were like, oh, we really wanted him, uh, I'm like two years, ten million. Then if you really wanted him, you would have done it. And, and then Parker saying, well, I'm going to have a significant backup point guard role with Charlotte. I'm like, you mean the same one that you had in San Antonio? It, it feels like, is there any piece of that where the Spurs are letting him walk because they think it will help with the idea of saving Kawhi Leonard? You know, that's a thought that I had uh, when I first saw it. And then the more I thought about it and the more – People around the league I spoke to, it just seemed like it, it didn't. It, it was almost irrelevant, um, and that it really it, it had very little to do, significant wise, with the fact that they could potentially repair the relationship. Just because, as bad as it was between Parker and Leonard, and as bad as those comments were after that players only meeting uh, during the season, where Parker comes out after and says, "I played through a hundred times worse," the mistrust between Kawhi and the Spurs goes you know, into front office. So uh, for me, um, I, I don't think it has a lot to do with it. I think it, it, it could potentially help, but significantly I, I don't think so. And I, at this point to me as well, like, you know, it's, there's so much damage that's been done and so much stuff that has been said. You, you just wonder if you can ever come back from it. Uh, Jordan Schultz joining us. You can hear him on Pull Up Podcast with C.J. McCollum. You know, we were talking about Carmelo Anthony. His trajectory career-wise has fascinated me. Mark, we were just kind of observing that he's really only had one chance at a championship, but he's compiled Hall of Fame stats. Also, his prospects moving forward are fascinating, too. Where does this story go from here? Should he be released by OKC? Well, to me, there's three really strong possibilities. Uh, the Lakers, the Rockets, and the Heat. I'll start with the Heat because he could, you know, he could potentially team up with Dwayne Wade. He could be in South Beach. I think he could he could extend his career by getting in great shape, which Pat Riley will demand. Um, and he could play. I mean, he would have a, a sizable role there. The Lakers make sense because you know it's the Lakers play with LeBron, uh, get a ton of open shots, and you know fill a role that is necessary for that team, especially if they don't retain Brooke Lopez, which is a, a big, although, you know, he's a smaller big at this point, but still a big that can make shots. And then obviously the Rockets, because, you know, they lose Ariza and, um, you know, we'll see what happens with the Bob Mute, but Houston needs shooting uh, always because of how they play. And, and Carmelo, who had his shot 40% last year and a career low 16.5 points, 
I would imagine he'd get a lot better looks playing with Harden and Chris Paul. So it is fascinating because, um, you know, he's. I think we all kind of foresaw a bio coming, and now he's going to have to figure out uh, if that means going west or going east. And it's, it's a fascinating thing for him because his career, at this point in his career, he is an afterthought, but he, he still has enough left where teams would want him. Jordan, great to have you today. Really appreciate you doing it. Thanks, bud. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. All right, Jordan Schultz, NBA insider on Yahoo, joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, we're going to fix soccer, and you won't believe who just signed with the Warriors now. That's next. Okay, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? You probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Uh, did um, the NFL fan at large and Donald Trump find common ground on the anthem issue? We'll get to that in 15 minutes. Um, the Warriors have announced another signing. Oh, boy. Brace yourselves. Ready for this. Yeah. All right. The Warriors have signed <clears throat> Kevin Durant. Oh, the, okay. So officially official, what was it? The sixth you were allowed to sign your free agents. And they and get Durant. all the good players. Now they've got Kevin Durant. Durant. That's right. This one feels like the outrage will be slightly less this time around. Yeah, but no, still. More, the moratorium's over. The Warriors make it official with the two, the one plus one for Durant. However, um, there is actually news on another player that the Warriors are going to bring in. Uh, there's one more hurdle to cross. Uh, so the Jazz had a forward named uh, Jonas Jerebko, and uh, they're letting him go. He's got to clear waivers, but if he does, uh, according to Woj, the Warriors will bring in on a minimum veteran salary Jonas Jerebko, who is 6'10", and shot over 40% from beyond the arc last year. Oh, weird. A gigantic <laughs> outside shooter is going to be on the Warriors. That makes uh, that makes a full litter, folks, for Kerr and the gang. Yeah, well, look, I mean, that that, um, that doesn't shock me. In the, like the, funny thing, the funny thing is this, is this is actually the net result of the Boogie uh, signing as well. You understand it doesn't matter who they sign. No, like they, really. could, they could announce tomorrow. Oh, we got mellow. The net effect is zero. Like they're already they're they're setting the standard and they already have plenty, two, three, four times over, uh, to go out and and compete and win. So um, it it just doesn't matter. I was thinking about this when I heard the Boogie Cousins news. Everybody was like, "Oh, this is ridiculous! How could we allow this to happen?" Adam Silver, let's get our torches and pitchforks. Let's march on the NBA. I'm like, no, 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 no. Relax, everybody. This is a flyer. They took out a flyer on Demarcus Cousins to a degree. He's, because of the health, yes, and the Achilles rupture is a big deal. It's a big deal. Do do remember though that like. When things slow down, if there's been any moments where the Warriors have had a hard time in the playoffs, it's because the other team has some sort of dominant inside presence that the Warriors physically can't handle. Yeah, Capella for some of the Rockets. Tristan Thompson did it to him two years ago. Yep, you're right. So, in theory, yes, a flyer on the idea that come playoff time next year, they'll have the answer to that. They've always seemed to have somebody on the bench who can sort of take out the trash. A JaVale McGee type. Uh, they always seem to have that guy available to send out there in the paint, muck it up, make it ugly, 
get Mark. dirty with a big banger. So, yeah, DeMarcus Cousins, should he be healthy enough? I hope he gets used to his new role because it's not going to look as dazzling as it did a 25-12 and 12 player no. just a year ago, especially coming off as severe an injury as an Achilles rupture. I mean, it's typical that we see players on the other side of these surgeries, these injuries, at 70 80% at best on the hardwood. It's just such a difficult sport to come back and be as effective or near as effective. They're not looking for him to be. That's why they're paying him $5 million on a mid-level exception. But, yeah, to your point about Kevin Durant re-signing with them, <laughs> it was expected. A Jarebko <laughs> signing with them should he clear wa- waivers. It's it's an acceptable bench depth move. Yeah, for the, like they just, need bodies. They're they need guys need with heartbeats and, and yes, temperatures the, ranging somewhere in the ninety eight point six degree Fahrenheit. Right. Yeah. So yes, they're going to sign others and they're going to fit the mold that they like, which is outside shooting. Okay, Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. Um, what about this? So this was was it South Africa and KFC? Who did yes. the commercial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with uh, with uh, Neymar rolling rolling down the street uh, after rolling and rolling and rolling around on the ground. Uh, now he's rolling all the way down the street, maybe get a snack at a convenience store or whatever it may be. And I was like, I- I'm kind of surprised within the last 24 hours that we haven't seen the commercial of Neymar rolling back to Brazil uh, now that they've lost. But let's think about this for a second. So the soccer world is now open and ready to make fun of itself about the flopping and the writhing around in pain. It's always been a part of the sport. I understand why guys do it. You're trying to draw penalties. You're trying to draw yellow cards and red cards. It really isn't any different than basketball players who try to take charges when somebody just breathes on them. Here's the difference. Basketball noticed that, and they tried to do something about it. Yeah, they made uh, the flop rule. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know necessarily. I'm not tracking how well it's working, but the NBA now has a rule that they're going to review after the fact, even if you did draw a foul. They're going to review after the fact, and if they, on video review, see that somebody fell over by barely being touched, that guy's going to be fined. Yep, yep. Why Why isn't soccer even trying? You've now let video replay into soccer. So why couldn't you, uh, for instance, start even after the fact, handing out yellow cards, handing out punishments? We know that yellow and reds, this leads to players missing matches. Right. If you're going to hand these out, again, we saw a guy two weeks ago in the World Cup Slow-mo replay, someone on the other team simply tapped him on the shoulder. Yep. As if, kind of like somebody coming up to you on the street corner to say hello. Or, or tapped, hey, you got yeah. the time? Yeah, like, hey, just want to let you know, your fly's down. Like, <laughs> yeah. tapped him on the shoulder. And he flew to the ground, rolled around, looked up with a horrible, that bitter beer face, like, what did you just do to me? It's ridiculous. No, he grabbed his head, and then he grabbed his leg. I, you know, because the truth is, if you grab your head, I don't know what the concussion protocol is. You don't really want to draw a ton of attention to your head. So he goes down to the leg. Okay, so my thought process here is in complete lockstep with your own. If if soccer on our national stage has one problem, it's the fact that here we have the UFC growing as one of the major sports leagues in our country. It's a brutal game. 
uh, football is king around here. Football, American football, where you see guys slamming into each other's. Uh, you know, this is this is our culture, our society. It's a it's a blood sports society, or at least those are the ones that are tracking the fastest in the right direction. So when you think about soccer, there's a lot of greatness to this game, a lot of athleticism. And I think there's a huge buy-in factor as far as player safety goes and the young ranks in this country playing more soccer than they ever had. However, when you see that stuff, even in basketball, it's distasteful. When it's as egregious as it is on a soccer pitch, it really it doesn't do them any favors in America. You know, you guys in the NFL, there's a rule. If you're down on the floor, if you're down on the ground long enough to where they have to stop the play clock, you have to leave for a play. That's right. Well, why can't why can't you do that in soccer? Why let, call it a minute? The if injury you're down box. on the field yeah. for a, a minute or more, you have to leave for at least the next five. Watch the pain suddenly float away. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. Glad you're with us. We get to make fun of our coworkers here in about a half hour. But coming up next. Do we finally have some common ground between fans and Donald Trump on the anthem? We'll see. Well, we're very excited today. Normally, it is at 4.15 Pacific, 7.15 in the East when we get to set the record straight on all of our teammates here at Fox Sports Radio because they say all this stuff all week long, and it's you know mostly wrong. And so then we show up here on Saturday, and we go, okay, and we play, you know, that, that that's how we, you know, we make fun of our teammates. Well... Today at 4.15 Pacific, 7.15 in the East, great Mercury News writer Mark Medina, who covers the Warriors, is going to join us. That means take it or leave it gets moved up to 3.30 in the West and 6.30 in the East. That's 28 minutes from now. We will be making fun of our coworkers. <laughs> and who doesn't enjoy that? No, this is a good thing. Who doesn't our, do that? In the bosses. hallway or uh, the restroom? Water cooler, yeah. photocopier. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you see Greg in accounting, you see the tires. Oh, wearing. he's gaining weight, isn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, he burst a button on his suit jacket. So That was embarrassing. <laughs> so anyway, that's a little preview of a half hour from now. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance, geico.com, for a free rate quote. You know, you and I communicate a lot. We do six radio shows a week, and so there's a lot of text messages. There are a lot of emails. I have an email from you now that says something I've never seen you say before. (laughs) Quote, he was correct. Yeah. And the he, in this particular case, is none other than Donald Trump. So Donald said this week... Uh, this anthem rule is even worse than it was before. And you said, he's right. He is. He is. He absolutely is. You know, you look at this from basically any angle. And Donald Trump, while I disagree with a lot of the things he says and does and just kind of basic premise of humanity, okay, but there are times where even complete opposites can can fall in lockstep on certain things and agree, and this is one of them. If he's viewing the NFL as a fan, which maybe he is, I, you know, he talks about him enough, you have to imagine that he's imbibing the product just like the rest of us are. As a matter of fact, we know from his time uh, in the USFL, from his, his public uh, soliciting of ownership of an NFL team, he's interested enough, right? So... That part of it 
it's available to us. We under so Donald Trump taking shots at the NFL has really helped his campaigning and encouraging his base to be on his side. But this is where he's gotten it right. You are fake news. He <laughs> he realizes that having players off the field during the playing of the national anthem instead of their even kneeling is is an even worse look. And I completely agree because not everybody, as some may know and some may not are on the sideline come the start of the game. There are guys who have injury situations. There are guys who are in street clothes for the game. There are guys, a part of the staff, a part of the coaching staff, who may be in the locker room still for a multitude of reasons. Maybe somebody's got to go to the bathroom. You don't need to be on the field for the playing of the national anthem. There is no rule for that. It never has been. Yeah, this is a great point. So what you're saying, basically, is if we don't see someone out there and now – because of all of this, and boy, here's something that we didn't really mean to have happen. We're going to have somebody either with a television network or a writer is going to take a picture of the sideline, and then we're going to grab a roster, and we're all going to take stock of who's there and who's not, right. and what does that mean? And boy, isn't that annoying. Who cares, right? I mean, this is not – I everybody who's like, oh, I just want to watch my football and relax, well, then do it. Right. Then do it. Don't don't grab a program so you can figure out who's not there. And what you're saying is now we're going to get the list of who's not there and we're going to start making wild judgments about these people and possibly they just had to go number two and so they're not out there <laughs> yeah. and now we've turned this person into an anti-patriot. Well, something. You know, you have an ankle. You have a, 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 you have a, an injury you're, you're needing adjusted. I mean, there are times where injections are given as close to the start of the action as possible so the medication <laughs> during its half-life in the human body lasts the entire game so you don't have to be re-injected at halftime. Trust me, I know it's happened to me numerous times throughout my career. So I'm just letting everybody know. I, well, I, I mean, Donald Trump has missed on a couple of his messages about the NFL, and I do think there's some jealousy there because the NFL, the commissioners uh, that, that he had vied for a team with, the, the ownership group in general didn't want him to be a part of it. So there might be an ax to grind here. Maybe that's the source of the contention. Maybe he saw it as a very easy way to grab voters because you can draw hard lines politically okay. here with the anthem protest, as he calls it. That's what's going on. The one thing here is, for me, is it doesn't matter whether he's correct or not. Um, that's not why Donald Trump's talking about this. Right. Donald Trump is talking about this because this works for Donald Trump. Correct. Uh, and this is the mistake that the NFL actually fell into. You and I talked about this. I don't think this issue was going to come back again in September with as much intensity as the NFL seemed to think that it would. I completely agree this with you. This was starting to die down. It came up again because you started to legislate. Uh, you started to legislate free speech. And, and that's how the NFL players took it. And, and, and therefore, they're going to clap back about this. It stirs the nest back up. It allows people, whether it's Donald Trump or any politician, to jump back into the fray, comment on it, use it as a talking point in speeches. It works for his base. Donald Trump, this is something he's used as a tool. I think the NFL too often has taken this to be about the NFL. It's not even about you. No. Donald Trump does this. He waits to do it at speeches because it works for his audience. 
his base responds to this subject. So the NFL's mistake here wasn't what they did. It was simply that they did it. Well, right. I I think had they just let the issue percolate where it was at, they had the Players Coalition, they had meetings with players, the owners in small groups sat down with some of the influential members of the NFLPA and tried to hash things out as best they could. I realized there wasn't great uh, feelings on either side about those meetings. Some of the owners felt offended by some of what was said. Some of the players felt offended by some of what was said. But there was effort to reach across the aisle. And this is in the NFL. This is in-house stuff. As far as the fans are concerned, the reason why this became such an issue is when the demonstrations were staged. However, to the players' contention, the 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 fact that it became such an issue it only exacerbates their efforts or desires to want to protest during the national anthem because that's when it's getting the most publicity. So you have to find a middle ground somewhere at some point, perhaps, but making a public ruling on this uh, and an almost knee-jerk fashion. I mean, I realize they got the temperature of the room during the owners' meetings, but they didn't have a formal vote on this. Sort of, yeah. And I, I mean, I heard some, some, you know, really smart NFL people talking about this uh, during the week, where they didn't take a formal vote because they don't want to take a formal vote because they want to look unified. And the truth is, they're not. I, yeah, there, the, there's no. Think about this. Go to any bar in America. Are you going to get thirty people to agree on this? No, you can't. No. Everybody's got their own perspective on it. We've been hashing it out for two years. Everybody's heels are dug in. You're going to see it either as free speech and the fact that our troops fought forever so that we could have free speech, or you're going to see it as, in some way, disrespectful to the troops that this would happen during the anthem. We've all gone back and forth. Everybody's declared their side. You're not going to get 30 people to agree, not even 30 NFL owners. You know, I was doing a broadcast with Ephraim Salam yesterday in San Diego, and obviously you can hear his voice here on Fox Sports Radio. And I asked him, because this is an uncomfortable reality for NFL football players today, current day, in the locker room, valuing what a privilege it is to have such a high-paying job, and then also having to have the moral conundrum. Do I support some of these players who feel so oppressed in this country that they have to make a decision, whether it be a moral obligation or not, to take a knee and stage a protest, maybe that they they don't even necessarily want to do, but they just feel obligated from a racial or family standpoint. I mean, Ephraim admitted, he said, look, my family has a background in civil rights. They marched in the South. Yes. The sit-ins in the diners, the bus seats that were taken up by black people who were trying to have more rights, it was uncomfortable. I'm sure a lot of people during that time found it very uncomfortable to see a black person sitting in the diner seats they were getting ready to sit down for with their white children or sit on a bus and a black woman wouldn't move. But aren't we on the right side of that coin now looking back, thinking, boy, you know what? They were right. <laughs> you know, like, so yes. So I, I don't know. I don't, wherever you fall on this issue, when the protest is actually staged and whether or not that's offensive to you because your beliefs in this country and its military, okay, you have a valid opinion and argument there, but I will say this. If there's a racial inequality that exists 
and you're not willing to admit that you're wrong, if you're you're saying that all police officers are handling arrests appropriately in this country, yeah, you're wrong too. There are a lot, a tremendous amount, and more good cops out there than bad cops. But there are some bad cops doing really awful things to unarmed people of a different color skin tone than I or you have. Here's something else I want to ask you about how this has all played out over the last couple of years. So did this discussion unify the NFL players enough so that they can be together when it comes to a completely different issue? I think that's where this is headed. This won't be about the anthem or kneeling anymore. It's going to end up being about a completely different NFL player issue. Are they ready to band together and take a big leap? We'll talk about that coming up next. Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. All right, Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. Take it or leave it in 10 minutes. We make fun of our coworkers. Can't wait. Uh, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. You know what? This is more of a question than a comment. And you, having played in the NFL, I wonder what your read is on it. I'm just wondering aloud here. So this week, it was Russell Okung and Todd Gurley. Okung plays for the Chargers, Gurley for the Rams, of course. And they were the two biggest voices this week in terms of, hey, guys, uh, we need guaranteed contracts. It happens the first week of July every year. And I firmly believe it's because NFL players sit around and they look at Twitter and if they just go to Woj's feed and they see the numbers that are flying around for players they've never heard of, they're like, who is Yurkich? And and why did he just get $50 million guaranteed when I'm just hoping to make it to week eight and everybody knows who I am? So... They see that, and it it stirs the pot, and we should have guaranteed contracts, and publicly, everybody agrees. I think the fans are like, well, yeah, you deserve it. Now, that's not really how life works, but sure. you deserve it. Okay, so they go public with it, and I started thinking, NFL players, we've always said, well, they'll never be unified enough to actually do what they need to do to beat the owners in a negotiation. Because the owners can outlast you. And the high, high majority of players are sitting there going, well, so, yeah, I need my paycheck. I'm not Drew Brees. I'm not Tom Brady. I can't just sit this one out. And so that's the power the owners have over them. Well, I wonder, is the NFL a different group right now? Dating back to the day that Donald Trump went to Alabama and called them all sons of bitches. You're fired. I wonder if that changed this talk. Not because of the anthem, but just because the NFL players all got the hair on the back of their neck standing up last year because the president called them out and they that made them band together as like a fraternity or a brotherhood will. And does that put them in a better position to carry that brotherhood to a completely different arena, which is negotiations for guaranteed deals. Well, these two things are linked because even though the president is doing this for separate reasons and they're selfish, he's campaigning for his next term already. uh, The NFL is compliant to a certain degree because the rule they launched really condemned the anthem or, or the protest, I should say, not the anthem. They're trying to make it so that players 
who aren't present on the sidelines standing at attention as the playing of the national anthem goes are looked at as protesters. And and that is your own choice as a player, but you're not going to be on the field. However, I, I do think this is going to fail in two ways. One we mentioned in the last segment talking about how there are going to be players who are wrapped up into this protest group who are in the locker room uh, getting a cortisone injection or a, 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 you know, a numbing agent put in a wrist that's been fractured or some other tape job that might be going on because he tore his hamstring at practice and still going to give it a go in the first quarter of action. Or like you mentioned, maybe just relieving himself because, quite frankly, you're about to go on the field for the <laughs> next two right. hours. You don't want to have that happen after a hard hit over the middle. I know if I were an NFL player, my mom would tell me, make sure you go to the bathroom before you go out on the field because you can't do it then. Just like the fans in the stands, how maybe dad or mom says, look, we're about to hear the anthem. This is your last chance to hit the bathroom. <laughs> right. It's going to get crazy. Okay, so – Let's get back to the point, though. Yeah, I do think because of the NFL owner's reaction to the protest that was staged during the anthem and all the things that we know about this, having a common enemy unites a front. You know, everybody now in this situation, I mean, they look at they look at the NFL, I should say, from the player standpoint, and they say, yeah, they're, they're, they're kind of pushing us right back down to where we belong as opposed to coming together over this issue and working a reasonable conclusion out together, they're saying, here's your rule, players. Okay, now continue hitting each other. Thank you. Run along. Yes. you know, So you have 32 (laughs) voices making a decision for over 2,000 employees without really asking them. Okay. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I do think it steals some of the resolve. Here's the other side of this. As players' safety improves – this rule that was also launched this offseason about lowering your head, using it as a weapon, as an offensive or defensive player, as a defensive or offensive lineman, the fact is head trauma is going to decrease if this is officiated correctly. Hmm. Now, head trauma, neck trauma, uh, where you're allowed to hit. We see quarterbacks now, uh, a quarterback playing into his 40s, Drew Brees about to follow suit, a bunch of mid-30s still looking like they did back in their mid-20s. Other positions are going to catch up. Receivers, defensive backs, they're not going to be able to lower their head. You're not going to see guys go down with shoulder and neck injuries and head injuries like they did in the past. Career lengths are going to go, go on longer. That's going to strengthen the union. Think about the reason why NBA and MLB have guaranteed contracts. It's because you have a bunch of guys who can play 10-plus years and inform the rest of the locker room, the rest of the clubhouse, hey, look, this is how it is. This is what we get. This is We deserve this. And when, when you're doing less educating and more taking more action, then, then yeah, you'll have a stronger uh, union as a result. So longevity of career may aid the NFL Players Association in all this. I'm also wondering, what are you willing to give back? Yeah. This is a message that everybody should ask themselves before they go into any negotiation. Everybody is ready to march on their boss's office to tell them what they want. Yeah. But are you ready when the boss says, okay, here's what I want? And are you ready to have that conversation? So Kirk Cousins has opened up this can. He's got a three-year guaranteed deal. All right, that's first. Let's keep moving that ball down the road. If If the players who do like that 
If they do band together in some sort of way to say, all right, we want guaranteed deals, the owners may just laugh them out of the room, but if they don't, what if the owners said, okay, we're willing to listen to that. You guys ready to play 18 games? What's the answer? Here's the thing. With the game being safer, if you can show the results of the game being safer, and again, the the collective bargaining agreement doesn't come up until 2021, but you need to have these conversations about potential labor action years prior, and that's the reason why an Okung or a girlie who's become an influential character in the league are stepping out in front of this. You need a ramp up if there's going to be a strike situation. Uh, so I would say this, if career lengths are being improved by the safety safety parameters and the job of the officials to keep players safety or uh, at at heart and at mind then yeah maybe that is a consolation you're willing the other thing too is uh, you may have to see a depreciation of minimum salaries i mean think about if you're fielding That's a, a roster point. of 53 guys not every single one of them is going to stay healthy even with new rules protecting players better and as guys get get you know thrown on IR or cut because maybe they just can't get that hammy just right whatever it may be you got to sign another guy and guarantee his his money's as well well and maybe they're not all guaranteed you know i mean even the nba and mlb they do have some young not, yeah. early contracts that aren't guaranteed uh but maybe at a higher level the veterans those who have achieved something if those are guaranteed what if there's a tier on the contract? You tear your ACL, we're still going to pay you, but it's going to be at a lower rate. Like, is there an injury designation? I'm just spitballing here, but are these things that players might be willing to accept? As, as a former player and active in the union during my time, serving as a rep and understanding the conversations inside the room, look, the goal is this, to have a bigger share of the pie, the profits, lean in favor of the owners. They're, they're capitalizing. They get the majority, and the TV contracts are ballooning further, wider, larger. We saw Fox, where, quote-unquote, ratings are down, <laughs> spend something like $12 million more per game on Thursday night football yeah. than the season prior. Okay, so clearly this is still trending in the right direction as far as the profiting of, of the product. So I look at it and I say – yeah, there are going to have to be consolations as long as the players get a bigger cut and you can guarantee at least most, at least some, some. of the players. Yeah, I, I think that would be a, an even ground to look for and, to, and potentially find. All right, take it or leave it in a minute. First, let's get Gascon in here with the latest. Uh, let's see, we've got the Final Four at the World Cup all set. Uh, what else we got going on? What's happening, man? Do you guys so, do you guys have any money, or do you guys have any teams that are remaining in your, I guess, pool of play with the? Uh, well, you know me; up? I've been a huge England fan for a couple of yes, weeks now. That's true. And Big uh, fan I of did, Harry Kane. I did, yes, Harry Kane, and I go way back to yeah. uh, mid June. Right. And uh, by the way, though, I did. Rich will back me up on this. I, I grabbed England. You know, every American was like, so who are we going to root for? Oh, you got to be I grabbed England right out of the, right yeah. out of the gate. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and here they are in the final four. So I'm uh, I'm their good luck charm. And uh, David, yeah, I have a rooting interest as well. And it's uh, it's Belgium because I love their waffles. Uh, all right. Not the, not the beer. 
No, well, the beer too, it's but the too. waffles first. Throw a little whipped cream, strawberries, some powdered yeah. sugar, and a lot. Saint Pauli like girl was Saint Pauli girl from Belgium. It could be, but you just it might be. You see, you ruin your waffles. Oh, you know what? You are one of those guys. Man. You're eating it plain and dry. No, no, no. But you're probably the type of guy that would put sauce on a steak, right? Okay, yeah, I I don't, and I oh. and I really I resent that. You know, I do. I honestly, I do. What you just said is offensive. That you've, I've never been offended well, by I, you before, and now it's happening. Well, I mentioned steak around Mark, and Mark's like in the corner crawling and, and bawling a little bit. <laughs> the, the vegan diet is like, what are you talking about? Yeah, get out of here with that. I mean, come on, man. I I uh, I had steak for breakfast today. Steak and eggs? Uh, absolutely. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Wrapped in a burrito it was unbelievable. I can dig that. I can yeah. dig that. No. Well, guys, right, you can. <laughs> you mentioned the FIFA. World Cup action today. Croatia got by Russia in penalties today. 4-3 was that score. England got the better. Sweden 2-0. So those two teams will not collide on Wednesday. All the action is going to be available on Fox. In Major League Baseball, it's a loaded day on the diamond right now. Cardinals are leading the Giants 3-1. Colton Wong is third home run of the season. Right now, St. Louis is up in the eighth inning. Twins beat the Orioles. Cubbies over the Reds. They were up 7-2 with Cincinnati before Chicago came back to win it 8-7. Indians blanking the A's right now, 3 0. Aaron Judge a homer. Brett Gardner with a homer. Yankees on top of the Blue Jays, 7 4. Later on tonight, freeway series continues in Anaheim. Dodgers and the Angels. Tonight, Nationals, Marlins, Reds, Royals, and then the Padres and Diamondbacks from Arizona. Uh, in the NBA, DeAndre Jordan, a one year deal with the Dallas Mavericks, just under $23 million. Whoa, he signed it this time? Yeah, what's wrong? Oh, oh, oh. that's too bad. I liked it when all the NBA players. <laughs> tweeted out those uh, transportation emojis to all go see DeAndre Jordan and save him from the Mavericks. Well, the best thing is Mark Cuban said he's signing DeAndre Jordan because he believes they have the best chance of winning right now with DeAndre Jordan. Oh, Oh, this guy literally admitted to tanking on a podcast this past season. Okay. (laughs) Welcome to the NBA. Well, I mean... the NBA is predictable. We've, we've, we've uncovered that. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah. Mr. Willard. Uh, no, it's Mark, not. Both Mark. teams were on the road in Game 7 in the conference finals. Don't at me. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dave, thanks. <laughs> Coming to you live, Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part is figuring out which way is easier. Why am I talking so fast? Because... Time to make fun of our coworkers, and I don't want to waste any time. Here we go. Take it over. You know we've got the hottest takes in the business, right? I am the greatest effing clown you've ever seen. Wait, what? But how will they stand up to Mark and Rich? It's outrageous, egregious, preposterous. It's time for take it or leave it. That's the deal. Take it or leave it. Okay, did you guys see the report this week that Kawhi Leonard, while he was in New York, his representatives hid him oh, from the Spurs. Yeah, we were all over this report. <laughs> yes. Sequestered, yes. Michael, yes. Michael C. Wright of ESPN, right? Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, ducking him in a hotel and <laughs> keeping him, you know, hiding him in luggage and stuff. Well, anyway, anyway, Jonas Knox this morning was talking about the entire Kawhi saga and why Kawhi's camp botched the whole situation. He should have done what Kyrie Irving did. Kyrie Irving wanted out of Cleveland. Do you remember hearing rumblings of that during the season? Because I don't. Kawhi Leonard, they set this up for a year. It was awkward and strange for an entire season. Now you hear all these reports coming out about him hiding when, when they knocked on the door in New York to go see him while he was rehabbing. 
And then when they finally announce that they want away from San Antonio and it is done, they only name one destination. So now if you're another organization trying to make a move, why should we give up anything? If this guy's going to bolt in a year, what's the point? So Kawhi Leonard's camp totally butchered this. Okay, Mark, we'll start with you. Do you believe that Kawhi and his camp uh, handled this the wrong way? No, I don't. I want to leave this take so many times over. It's unbelievable. I've been yelling about this for two weeks. Do you hear how many times I wish we could go back through that and point out the number of times Jonas Knox makes an assumption and calls it fact about the way this was all played out? Kawhi's camp said this, and then they made an announcement. I'm sorry, what announcement? Did Kawhi's camp make? They haven't made any announcements. You haven't heard a damn word out of anybody in Kawhi's camp. All you have is Woj's feed and other people who are telling you reports. Michael C. Wright, he covers the Spurs. So where does he get his stuff? The Spurs. That's where he gets his stuff. We're hearing one side of the story. We're not hearing the other. This is distrust. Kawhi and his team don't trust the Spurs. So why on earth, when the Spurs come knocking on his door, to say, excuse me, can we see your leg? No! Get out of here! You can't see my leg! That's not butchering the process. They played this perfectly. The Spurs are out of leverage. Kawhi's going to get exactly what he wants out of this. You know what? I'm going to leave the take, but I will say this. I think this got away from him a little bit. I think that the storyline and the narrative is starting to shift away from the Spurs did Kawhi dirty, he wants out, they won't let him, to Kawhi's difficult. It's starting to shift in that direction. And it's not fair necessarily, but the world's not fair. Nobody's going to look through this the same lens that Kawhi Leonard. And if you're not going to speak out on the things that we're all making assumptions like Jonas Knox is in this take, well, then you are certainly going to be at the mercy of the people who are casting opinions until you speak for yourself. So I do think this got away from him a little bit. I leave his take. They haven't botched or butchered it yet because the ends may justify the means. But absolutely, they've done a poor job of controlling the narrative to point. It would certainly be easier if we knew what Kawhi was thinking, but since he doesn't speak. Yeah, but easier for who? For us. Exactly. (laughs) I don't think we're first on his mind right now. Well, yeah. Not his main concern. Okay, there was also a report this week that Kyrie is planning on linking up with Jimmy Butler next summer and possibly joining the New York Knicks. Apparently, that has been a lifelong dream of his, and maybe it'll come to fruition next season. Uh, Colin Cowherd was on his show earlier this week and ripped Kyrie for this, saying he's a flake who doesn't care about winning anymore. He got a lot of Doug this week, and as a guest, responded to Colin and defended Kyrie Irving's true motivations. I don't understand your characterization of Kyrie as a flake. Like, I, Where are you getting this information from? Internet stories lead you to believe that he could maybe think about Brooklyn or New York. He's on the best team in the East. Kyrie Irving has two different uh, procedures on his knee, and all of a sudden we're forgetting either how good he is or how good that team can be. They're going to be better. If they get to an NBA Finals, why is he going to leave? I, I was in Boston right after the NBA draft, hanging out with those guys. They, they just said, like, look, we can't hold anybody to say absolutely positively they're going to stay because he will be a free agent. But he was asked one question in one interview, and he simply said, hey, I'm not going to sign an extension. It doesn't make any sort of fiscal sense to re-sign there. If you think he's not a winner or he doesn't care about winning, 
It's funny, when they were down three games to one, he sure cared about winning and helped carry, he and LeBron carried the Cavs to an NBA title. And uh, they were winning this season with him. I think he likes Boston. I think if they get to the NBA Finals at least, why wouldn't he stay? Flake or not a flake, what side of the take are you on, Rich? I'm going to take it. I, I, I don't think that Kawhi, or Kyrie Irving is a flake. I think that he's a great basketball player, and if he should make a decision to leave Boston in free agency, I don't think it's because he's made up his mind he doesn't want to be a winner. Like, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> Colin is allowed to have his opinion on anything, and I think it's almost like in the contract fan sign – uh, when they start rooting for any NBA team or player, you can say whatever you want. That's your opinion. But it doesn't mean it's true. And I'm sure Kyrie, if he can win in Boston, is going to enjoy it as much as if he could have won in the Cleveland or in New York should he go there next. But, yeah, I agree with Doug on this. This was a fiscal maneuver. This wasn't about trying to escape for New York. I'm going to take it as well. Can we start out by not calling guys names for things they haven't even done yet? Let's wait for them to do it first. Second, though, can I ask all of my sports media brethren something? When you're offered a job somewhere else, do you only look at which media company is ahead of the other before you accept or turn down the job? No, you don't. You take all kinds of things into account, such as just where you want to be, which is all Kyrie would be doing here If he did this, like I said earlier, I don't care if his reasons are just, I think orange and blue look really good. And by the way, they're the same colors that Uncle Drew used for their posters. So I would like to be a New York Knick next year. Great, dude. Do you. You're a free agent. You get to go wherever you want to go. That's what being a free agent is all about. Okay, guys, I told you we had a lot of Doug this week. The following day, Doug was filling in for Colin on the herd he had a guest named Rob Parker on the show. Oh, <laughs> right. I leave it. I leave it now. <laughs> I leave it. Rob only had the most positive things to say about LeBron James sure. and his motivation to play for the Lakers. Uh, they were, got into a, a little bit of a heated debate about whether or not stars want to join uh, LeBron James. And uh, go ahead and uh, let's listen to this one. I think LeBron is in Los Angeles not to win championships. He doesn't want to go to the finals. You know what? He doesn't want any more finals losses. So you come to the West, you get knocked out in the first or second round. You know why he's here? So that he can pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most points and do it in Los Angeles wearing a Lakers uniform. Everybody told me that uh, Paul George was going to join the Lakers. That's why they didn't trade for him. Why should we give up assets because he's going to come at the end of the year? What happened? He did not come. There's no guarantee that Kawhi's coming. All the players are now telling you, Doug, that they don't want to play with him. Kyrie didn't want to play with him. Paul George George didn't want to leave Oklahoma City. That's not Chris Paul is his best friend. He didn't even want to come back to Los Angeles to team up with LeBron with that's, the Lakers? That's simply not true. Why? Because he, he got more money. So what if he has more money already? What so what? I left that one a little bit long <laughs> because the audio is so good. Oh, so, geez. Mark, we'll start with you. What do you think about Rob's analysis of the Lakers? Rob's last statement was, so what, that Chris Paul got more money? Like we're talking $150 million <laughs> more. That's what, Rob. Yeah, of course I'm going to leave this take. There's a long line of history in the NBA of guys wanting to play with LeBron James. May I remind you, that's how this whole thing started. 
The entire framework of the NBA today is based on something that LeBron did with Dwayne Wade, with Chris Bosh, that Dwayne Wade then spoke to Paul George about on a documentary just a week and a half ago. That is still very much a thing. And as far as the idea of him coming to L.A., meaning he doesn't want to win championships anymore, uh, that's ridiculous as well. Uh, First off, there are already good players around him. I think there's going to be another really good one next year. Um, And I'll go back to the last point I made about Kyrie. Who cares why LeBron came to L.A.? He came because he wanted to. That's the end of the damn conversation. (laughs) Okay? You take a breath. The game. You take a breath. So you agree with Rob. I'm going to leave this take, too, and I'm going to say this. Now that we see LeBron in L.A., doesn't it all seem predestined? Like we see Jeannie Buss firing her brother and Mitch Kupchak, the hiring of Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka, the three-team trade between the Cavs, the Lakers. The three Lions. I mean, look, to me, LeBron, he knew he was already heading to L.A., and he gave the Lakers a list of demands, and they checked every box on his path to Los Angeles, so he signs with them. Why was Magic Johnson banged for tampering, trying to get Paul George? It was because they knew LeBron was already in pocket. And the reason why is because he wants to raise championships banners in Los Angeles, and he is now feathering his bed to do so. Yeah, I'm leaving the take. This Parker guy. (laughs) I just don't know how much more I can take. George is getting upset. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I feel better now. You guys get to vent, you know, for good. Oh no, it's good. You know, really good. And I hear shouting is actually good for like your brain. It is. I do. I feel better. Do you feel better? Yeah, I feel really good. That's right. Feels like I just had another cup of coffee. Um, Okay, Mark and Rich Fox Sports Radio coming up next. This happened within moments after LeBron signed with the Lakers. Something happened to the Lakers, and an opposite happened to the Cavs. What do you hear about this? That's next. Mike, uh, Mark Medina, next hour, and we'll get back to uh, the Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker and Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James situations. Uh, but uh, you saw this. On the day that LeBron signed with the Lakers, the Lakers gained 40,000 followers on Twitter. And the Cavs lost 4,000. That's interesting. I never would have thought to myself, and I don't think I follow the Cavs. I don't think I, I – but if I did, I wouldn't be like, unfollow. Right, yeah. uh, I, I'm out of here now. Um, but I'm sure those numbers have only gone up since we originally looked at those numbers to report them. Uh, I don't know. Does this fe- – you you think that this uh, has some sort of bandwagon effect. Well, yeah. Well, what it is is you can truly see the LeBron effect, and there's no arguing the brands and their popularity. I mean, on Twitter, the social media platform that this article was illustrating, the, the LeBron shift, we'll call it, uh, you're – you're, you're looking at 7.5 million fans for the Lakers or followers for the Lakers on Twitter versus three and a third million for the Cavaliers. Sure. So it is a drop in the bucket for the Lakers. It hurts the Cavs a little bit more, but not that much. The reality here is, though, and I'm sure it's sick in some, an 877-99 on Fox if you want to weigh in at home as well. Here's how this lands with me. You have hapless LeBron fans. 
This is an interesting story, and it's close to us because we broadcast out of San Diego on Extra 1360 in town down there and still, to a certain degree, follow the Chargers uh, because there are still Chargers fans in San Diego uh, far more than actually in Los Angeles at the moment. So if you think <laughs> about it— And every moment ever to come in the future, too, but go ahead. You're going to you're gonna check out what's going on with them in the draft, and they take Derwin James out of uh, Florida State in the first round. And he was asked, who's your favorite NBA team? There's two in the market you're coming to. He goes, my favorite team? They go, yeah. He goes, LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James is his favorite NBA team. Okay, well, you know what? That actually... Yeah, are you going to make an argument that he's not a team? You and I had a conversation 20 minutes ago, and I said, by the way, you know what's guaranteed? Everyone goes, oh, LeBron left to East. Power, even more power goes to the West. No, that's good. It guarantees that whoever comes out of the East this year will actually be a team. Yes. This year... A guy showed up. A guy showed up, and he, he took the Pacers to seven and beat him. He took the Celtics to seven. He beat him, and he got swept by the Warriors right. because one man alone can't do it against four All-Stars. So I don't necessarily look at this as Lakers bandwagoning so much as a team relocated to Los Angeles. Now, I'm not talking about the Rams. I'm not talking about the Chargers. I'm talking about Team LeBron. I mean, when he moves – he, he's an economy. Cleveland is as devastated as San Diego, as St. Louis right now. So LeBron James brings 40,000 new followers to Lakers and probably adding more and, and detracting from the Cavaliers site. Look, doesn't shock me. I, you know, I think we're beyond the age of getting mad at people for not being the right kind of fan. It's like we understand entertainment in 2018. Yeah. I mean, just ask yourself. You want to watch Laker games next year or you want to watch Cavs games? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, wherever you're from or whatever you like, what what, what do you want to sit down and, and make popcorn for? I watched more Cavaliers games than any other team last season. I'm going to watch more Lakers games than any other team this season. 100%. The, the Lakers already made a decision on something you don't know about yet. That's next. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. Before we get to that, can I quickly just ask a question? Because I am struggling with a narrative that's out there. Because I like fairness. I don't want uh, to just do things for, for shock value by any stretch. Are, are we being fair with the whole idea that there's no way this Russian soccer team could do what they were doing on the up and up. I mean, we understand the political narratives that are out there and wherever you land on that, it doesn't really have anything to do with soccer. Right. But it can have something to do with our idea of the way Russia goes about its business. And let's think about it from a sports perspective, Olympics and beyond, and the history of what national Russian athletic franchises have done before was it fair for us to look at this with an incredibly suspicious eye well i watched this movie it was a netflix movie a documentary called icarus and it was about how this guy was trying to set out and unfold some of the controversy around the the russian performance enhancing drug scandal of the olympics and why they were out banned from the olympics this time around uh, and and it's interesting, like they they got a, a hold of this Russian scientist, and 
it was it was I don't think it was the original intent of the documentarian to 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 un, un, unwrap this story about the Russians and the performance enhancing in drug use. But that's where it ended up going because while he linked up with this guy to figure out how cycling the sport of cycling was dirty and uh, he, he was he was a former Russian scientist who was doping athletes. And and so they they went down this rabbit hole with the scientist, and he basically gave them all the information. Fled the state, like was public enemy number one in Russia. It was a really interesting movie, and what it puts out there is a distinct distrust of the Russians in any athletic uh, stage in any international tournament play. Because if if this is a state sanctioned doping program. That this guy, he had the dirty samples. He explained how it was uh, tampered with at the Olympic and WADA level. How could you look at a 70th ranked team internationally prior to World Cup play and then see them be moments away from entering the Final Four in the World Cup (laughs) and not have your doubts? Well, and they kept scoring right when they were about to be dead. Now that I don't know how you manufacture. I, 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 mean, I, I got to ask, what is the allegation here? Like, what are you are they pay, are you talking about Tim Donaghy ref situation paying the opposing goaltender? No, PEDs? I'm not saying like, any what? of that. Look, look, if we were watching, uh, I think in the early rounds with Russia, the early matches, there were some people that were like, "Well, that was kind of an interesting call," but you know what? I don't even mind that. Tell me the sports where – give me the sport where you don't feel like there's home cooking. Right. When the hell does that not happen? Yeah, home field so advantage. I'm fine with that. I can tell you the number one accusation that you see across social every time they do well, it happened again today, where people are like, wow, they've been running for two hours straight and they look really fresh. And so that's the exact same accusation that has been factual before when it comes to Russian national sports. So that is – a PED accusation. I don't know if it's fair. I'm certainly not making it. I have no idea. But here's here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. This is the way I'll say it. Tinfoil hat is on. Go ahead. They were ranked 70th in the world. Right. Rankings are rankings. Take that for what you will. Take that for data. But they not only made the World Cup, but once they got there... Did they ever look like underdogs to you? For instance, Steph Curry's Davidson team once went on a run to the Elite Eight. When you watched them play, you're like, oh my gosh, these guys are totally physically overmatched. Right. But look at this magical little guy out by the three-point line who's just hucking things in, and they're playing with Kansas. This is amazing. I never watched Russia and went, well, yeah, I can see why that's the 70th-ranked team, well, and they're going against the 7th-ranked team. You, they didn't look – they looked like they were an even Steven playing field you, team. You should have learned your lesson about trusting polls about two years ago. Okay, that's uh, a good point. Yeah. I and, don't know. Again, rankings – And also Leicester. Remember Leicester City? They were the, like uh, – Plus four thousand underdogs. To yes. Win the premier. Right. Uh, okay, but no, I, mean, I mean, but you could give me any upsets that's happened. Look, this is one of those things where it's totally subjective, and yes, you can blame it 
as far as a conspiracy theory goes, sure. <laughs> but when you have fact that on the international stage, an entire country, a government sanctioned a doping program to give their state an edge, and then we move on. And that was, by the way, when they were hosting the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And then we move on to them hosting the World Cup. I'm- and again, it looks like these guys are cybernetic organisms out there. Cyborgs for short. Uh, you know, running miles and miles and looking as fresh in the 90th minute as they did a, a, a opening kick. You think about a Loyola Chicago and Sister Jean sitting in the corner of the court in her wheelchair. And, and how it, it, it felt like... A prayer and a hope was keeping that That's dream right. alive. It, and and it just doesn't feel it, that way it, with the it, Russians. If I'm being honest, <laughs> and the Russians did that after Icarus and all that came out, shoot your shot. That's awesome. Like, just do <laughs> it. Like, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, we, do, we, do, we do say to people, hey, do you. Uh, maybe that's what the Russians I, were doing yeah, here. Yeah, like, we're just being us. all of it. I yeah, look. Let, I, I'm not even that offended with cheaters. I'm really not. Like when I when well, I'm. Well, that's because you played for the Patriots. <laughs> not even, <laughs> I'm not. Even, I'm gonna leave <laughs> now. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. Good night, <laughs> everybody. Wrestle like the to, microphone yeah, away all from this man. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> yes. <Fox> Sports Radio. <laughs> we'll <laughs> see you tomorrow. Can we leave, sir? <laughs> I'm not even against necessarily when a t- when when a play like Barry Bonds. People were like, "Oh my God, Sammy Sosa, this is egregious. Get your asterisks out. How could we allow this to go on?" I don't have a problem with any of it because here's the deal: <laughs> you don't just because of what you're risking. These guys' reputations are ruined. These guys risked it all. For another shot, right? Yeah. Another home run, a lengthening of a career. They they tilted the field in their favor uh, dramatically. Uh, but when you think about what they risked in order to do that, I get, I get it. It's unfair. Really? It's not I, right. You think Roger Clemens or Barry Bonds wakes up a- any day now and goes, "Man, my reputation is shot." I guarantee. Or, some, or I guarantee. Sometimes or, they look at their career and they say, "It was worth it for the money." But I'm going to have that tied to my name forever. Well, and that's that. It look. I think that's a trade that most people will make. It's as the the butler makes them breakfast. It's the fiddler in the song. The devil went down to Georgia. Yeah. What are you willing to do for those fiddling skills? Well, and that's exactly what happened with the Russians in the Olympics and potentially in the World Cup. I mean, so you're like a (laughs) you're like still a big Lance Armstrong fan, are you? No, no. I, I'm honestly, when a, when a cheater gets caught, you go, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's the reason why he won seven of those darn things in the right. mountains and the Alps, and and you, you, so it all makes sense. But at the same token, he shot a shot. He got caught though. Yeah, so but he for took na- a lot of people down. For yeah, that's look. So when you, it's one thing if you're only affecting you. You don't snitch. Yeah. Actually, boy, that's a great segue because I don't know if you saw this on the other side of the Fourth of July because there was a huge news dump. Uh, NFL. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. All the suspensions. They come out. Ruben, Ruben Foster, Julian Edelman. Edelman. Okay, so NBC Sports Pro Football Talk actually dove in to the policy on drugs, on PEDs, and found out that there is an exception to this four-game bang that you get if you, if you are found to be a, 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 a dirty sample on the PED front. If you give up a trainer, another player, a coach – who is involved in some way in this performance-enhancing drug use or potentially use themselves, you get your sentence lightened by 50%. Really? Julian Edelman could have gotten two games 
if he gave up somebody else. So that's where this gets ugly. Lane Johnson, you know, offensive tackle is blamed for performance-enhancing drugs. I believe he failed the test at some point uh, on the Super Bowl champion Eagles. He actually tweeted out the article, quote, tweeted it with no snitching, right? And other athletes got in front of this too. That's a bad model. And so, yeah, Lance yes, Armstrong, is. when you take others down, you know, you, you're going to – you're going to go down in a blaze of glory yeah, because no, that, that was no good. You can't do that. Anyway, I, I just think, uh, I think back to, for instance, I mean, everybody's going to suddenly be like, hey, you know, this great upset happened. You know, the ones that stands out to me and is mainly because I had it in my bracket. This was years ago. I mean, sure. we're talking like 20 years ago. You know when Princeton beat UCLA in the first round of March Madness? Yeah. You could look at the court and you're like, okay, so. All the good athletes are on one of the teams, but the other team passes really well. It pulled a miraculous upset. I hadn't watched any of the Russia matches until today. I turned it on and I went, these guys are huge. These are huge. They're huge. They, look, they make Ronaldo look like a pipsqueak. They're mon- How are these guys massive underdogs? So I guess in the final analysis – I'm not saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right? Can we can we go with that? Oh, well, look, we covered a lot of ground here. <laughs> All right. We covered a lot of ground. All right, the Lonzo Ball uh, thought is still ahead. Both of us think he's already on his way out. But also coming up next, Mark Medina, Mercury News on the Warriors, joins us, Fox Sports Radio. All right, it's Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. We're having a blast today. We get to the Lonzo stuff. We might even – hey, Gavin – Go get the Serena Williams bite that's going viral on Twitter right now. You'll find it in a hot second. Oh, yeah. Do, do we have to bleep this out? Nope. Okay. Somebody asked her if she <laughs> minded always being the one to beat in every match, and her answer is pretty awesome. That's a tease right there. We'll have that in 10 minutes. Uh, but right now, Mark Medina, who I don't know if we've had a chance to congratulate yet, because, of course, we told him. Right before the Warriors had two very leveraged games against the Houston Rockets in the Western Conference Finals, that if they lost it in one of those games, it was going to be pinned on him. Oh, yeah. What was different between the Warriors last year and the Warriors this year? Mark Medina. That was the difference (laughs) between the Warriors last year and the Warriors this year. Uh, But he was able to push them over the top. Mercury News covers the Warriors, and he's with us now. And how about the signing they pulled off today? Who is this Kevin Durant guy, Mark, and what do you think he's going to add to the team? <laughs> well, not more than what I did. I got in the finals MVP <laughs> over him, right? <laughs> right exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Mark, I wonder from the inside out. We know the outside in. Oh, Boogie Cousins, this is ridiculous. Oh, the rich gets richer. What do you think from the inside out? What are they actually planning to do with him this year? Yeah, well, if these teams want to complain about it, they could have signed him easily. But DeMarcus Cousins was saying that he didn't get any offers. And I think it was just under a different framework. He was looking to make some money. And I think there was a lot of questions of his you know, Achilles injury. I mean, obviously, Laker fans know pretty well from Kobe Bryant's experience that that injury is no joke. But from the Warriors, I mean, they have the kind of leverage where they can entice a guy like DeMarcus Cousins to take $5.3 million. Uh, because they have that winning atmosphere and a lot of talent. But also, they're the team that 
frankly, it doesn't really matter to some extent if he's fully healthy or not playing his best or maybe has some outbursts because worst-case scenario is the Warriors still have four other All-Stars they can lean on. Best-case scenario is we have some ki- they have some kind of version of DeMarcus Cousins, and that just basically makes them have the most lethal starting lineup for this past generation with guys that have had a combined 25 All-Star appearances. Mark, can we put a time limit on the success the Warriors going to have? Dynasties are exceptions. They're not the norm. But as we've seen with the Spurs, this can span two decades if you have a theory that works. Can this theory be replicated time and time again? Can you have this sort of success over and over and over again? How long do you give this? Yeah, well, it's interesting you brought up the Spurs because I, I was actually asking uh, Joe Lake, the majority owner of and Warriors, she and Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, and a lot of guys on the team, that whole idea, can they become the version of the uh, San Antonio Spurs from you know the last two generations where maybe they're not winning the title every single year, but they're always in that conversation. And it's certainly a goal that the Warriors think is realistic. And the reason for that is they have, a lot of you know really stable ownership. They're willing to spend. They have synergy when you look at ownership, front office, coaching staff. Uh, but then I think most importantly, they have a core of really talented players right now that are in their prime and they're selfless players. And you know I know that they have some looming free agency decisions coming up where you know Kevin Durant's going to be a free agent next season as well as Clay Thompson, Draymond Green in two years, but. I don't. If the dynasty with these Warriors are going to end, I don't think it's going to have anything to do with egos or contracts and and that that not being able to work. Like the Warriors have shown, they're willing to spend, and the Stars have shown that they're willing to take some kind of discount to make it work. I think it really just comes down to how do how do these four All Stars with Curry, Durant, Thompson, Green, how do their games? Uh, evolve once they hit father time right now they're all in their career but can they stay healthy can they stay effective and and once that moment comes where it's clear that they're on the downhill the warriors are of the mind that they'll make whatever moves they need to in terms of breaking that up to bridge kind of the next gap of stars but right now they're kind of in the middle of it and they don't want to kind of change something that isn't broken, so to speak. Mark Medina, Mercury News, joining us on Mark and Rich Fox Sports Radio. Greg Popovich, though, during this Spurs run, has been at the heart, the constant, through Tim Duncan, Kawhi Leonard, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker. Stars have come and left, but he's always been there. Steve Kerr has a back situation. You know, He's not always available, and we've seen that even in important games his health and potential to to not be there as this thing continues, could they be the same team without Kerr on the sideline? I don't think they could be the same team without Kerr on the sideline, maybe in the short term, but he has such a dynamic personality um, where he's really found a way to to maximize his players' talents, um, hold them accountable, but not being that guy that's overbearing now. I would kind of clarify the way you categorize his health. I mean, there's no question that he deals with, uh, you know, back pain throughout ever since he had complications with surgery in 2015. But to be honest, it really hasn't affected him from doing his job this past season. I mean, the idea of him sitting out games was more applicable in the 2015-16 season than during the uh 
2017 playoffs, but he didn't miss any games at all this season. He didn't miss any practices, uh, and, and I think that's an encouraging sign. And uh, you know, the, he doesn't talk a lot about it, but I think he made a corner this turned a corner this year where you know he's not going to ever feel completely 100 percent. But it never got to the point from the sense that I had gotten that he couldn't do his job. So when you're looking at long term, you know, assuming that kind of trend line is moving in that direction the, the Warriors see him as this long-term coach I mean they already agreed to an extension for him this past uh past few weeks uh that would lock him in for another few years and on top of that I think when you talk to his assistants you talk to ownership you talk to players they feel like Steve has that temperament where because he's not a coach that's overbearing and has long practices um and frankly is very adaptable with how he uses players that they think that he'll be able to to kind of pivot his coaching style as needed depending on how the team is and and what they need to do to kind of manage themselves through an 82 game season mark uh we know that complacency is a real thing the warriors are only human and uh if everybody on the outside saying well they've already got it one it's hard for them to keep that thought out of their head so i had made the point the Warriors needed LeBron James to go to the Lakers. They needed something, some new challenge uh, that was going to be put in front of them for them to kind of collectively say, okay, okay, we see you. That'll get our attention. Do you think that LeBron to the West actually helps them uh, because it'll get their attention? Yes, and no. I mean, I don't think the Lakers are anywhere near this point where they could somehow pull an upset over the Warriors in the playoffs. But I think to your larger point, for sure, you hit it on the head that the Warriors need things that get them motivated. And Steve Kerr said as soon as the season ended, as much as easy as it may have looked that the Warriors swept the Cavaliers, frankly, it was a challenge for him. And it was a challenge, well, it was a challenge for him to, to get guys feeling motivated and it was a challenge for the Warriors to feel motivated. They felt motivated when they went seven games with Houston. But I think, you know, Warriors-Lakers, it'll add extra excitement. I don't think the Warriors feel threatened at all at this point yet by the Lakers. But I think another thing that kind of adds to that theme of adding new excitement, I think this falls into getting to Marcus Cousins. He is a player uh, that is new, and he's not going to have the same kind of role as he's had for most of his career, but I think that they see that as kind of an, an interesting puzzle to figure out. How do they integrate him? How do they try to bring the best out of him? How do they address maybe some of the potential pitfalls of when he's coming back? Because we don't know yet well, when he's going to come back from his Achilles tendon. And, and when he talked with DeMarcus and Steve Kerr yesterday in Vegas, they're saying it's going to be pretty conservative. Uh, how does it play out with him accepting the role? He's saying all the right things now, but how does that play out in real time? I think that kind of puzzle might actually provide some kind of purpose to the season as opposed to just kind of going through the same old thing of this 82-game season. Mark Medina, Mercury News, and uh, you know, especially with Boogie coming, uh, the pressure only rises for you, my friend. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're expecting four out of five, and uh, we, uh, we expect you to be uh, talking with us every step of the way. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I don't mean to, 
you know, leave myself vulnerable to blame, but I, I got to be transparent. I, I started covering the Lakers as a blogger for the LA Times when they won that NBA title in 2010. Yep. And then it kind of went downhill. Right. My first year on the LA Daily News Lakers beat was they lost in the first round with San Antonio, Dwight leaves, and then it's just all lottery teams. So I don't know. Maybe it's from here on out, it's all downhill. Okay. I'll be the one to blame for it. There, there you have it. The prediction from Mark Medina is that the dynasty is about to crash and burn in Golden State. Uh, hey, Mark, Mark, thanks, bud. Hey, thanks so much. All right, there he goes. Mark Medina, Mercury News. Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we'll get that Serena sound and the Lonzo Ball conversation in just a minute. But when you talk about the greats, when you talk about those who always get everybody's best shot, you talk about David Gascon. I thought I, you know that about us, right? Every time you come on the air, yes, you guys love taking shots at me. You yes. get our best shot. Yes. That's right. All right. I, That's right. That's right. Man, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. It's, it's it's a trying time. Hey, man. I went outside, guys. Adapt or die. I went outside to grab some water down at the liquor store. <laughs> you went to the liquor store for some water, huh? Tell you what, I did. Yeah. I did. <laughs> I go to the water store for liquor myself. You know, well, who doesn't go is to, that, like, In-N-Out for Diet Coke, right? Like, is that what that J.R. Smith meme was doing? Like, was he running down the street in order to just get some water? <laughs> oh, it's so damn hot. Yeah, the, <laughs> liquor was a poor choice. <laughs> it's amazing to me with 105-degree weather, people will go inside of a liquor store, and the first thing they grab alcohol and then cigarettes yeah yeah, yeah. What? like so that's not gonna help <laughs> yeah very much we're gonna sweat this heat out yeah. no where big those, deal where are those uh, at on that periodic table yeah. my menthol 100s yeah. light whatever it is you know anyways i'm parched yeah exactly uh guys it was a loaded day in sports and it continues into the good night major league baseball there's a lot of games that have just gone final yankees looking to close out the blue jays though it's in the ninth inning it's eight to four in new york brett gardner's had himself a pretty good day Sixth home run of the season, three runs batted in. He's two for five. Aaron Judge, one for three. That one is his 25th home run of the season. Tigers disrupt the Rangers, seven to two. Rockies over the Mariners, five to one. Dodgers and Angels just got underway. And what do you know? Yesterday and now today, Dodgers are on TV. It's on Fox. Yesterday's on Fox Sports West. So no score just yet. Astros close at the White Sox, 12 to six. Red Sox and Royals just underway from Kansas City. Also on Fox today. Not since 1990 as a team won consecutive penalty shootouts in a World Cup. And Ivan Rakitic, 30 years old, Swiss born to Croatian parents, plays for Barcelona. A chance to lift his country into the World Cup semifinal. Akinfeyev needs a save or a miss to keep Russia alive. Rakitic converts Croatia on to the World Cup semifinal. And that call, courtesy Hold of on, Fox. hold on. Do we need to redo the match, though? Why? Did he just say that that player has Swiss-born parents? No, oh, I mean, how the hell is he playing for Croatia? He plays for Barcelona in his downtime? What is happening? <laughs> Call it off. Russia has won the World Cup. Wait, wait. Uh, maybe there's a Barcelona in Croatia. You never, no. you know, somehow. Like, there's a Springfield <laughs> no, no, in every state. That's a good point. You, know, so you never know. You Only never one know. FC Barcelona. So, Croatia advances on PKs, and their <laughs> opponent's going to be England. England won this morning on Fox. 2 nothing yep. was the final. Those two teams will play on Wednesday. God save the queen. God yeah. save the queen. Yeah. Uh, at Wimbledon today, <laughs> Rafael Nadal won his match in straight sets. Third round match that is in Novak Djokovic, who was down a set for 6 
came back to win his four six six three six two and then six four. I don't know. Are you guys big tennis guys? Are you guys watch the majors at all? Wimbledon, Australian um, Open, French? Um, no. Oh. Yeah, I, I, get know, into- I used to. I used to be. I played tennis growing up. It's just something about tennis. The la- I mean, I, I will watch a Serena match. All yeah, right. I get into women's tennis more because the volleys are longer. Yep. And the moaning, the groaning, like the <laughs> whole <laughs> Sharapova. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, you yeah. know, just an afternoon nap Horses. time kind it's, of sport. You know? I, I, I know, like, take ga- it there, Gascon. Well, I know, um, like, gambling is a big thing now once uh, it all becomes legal here in the United States. Sure, with sure. The I, love, like, I love how you make it sound like this is new. <laughs> well, no, but I'm saying, I know like, gambling's about to be this big thing all of a sudden. I, I bring this up because, like, I don't see enough people gambling gambling on tennis because that's like the one sport where you have limited factors you just have two players and a judge and maybe a video replay this public service announcement from david gascon where are the gamblers if we do if we need some more gambling around here <laughs> bottom of the hour gamblers anonymous <laughs> brought to you by david gascon Call by yeah, 1-800 sports. number 1-800 i'm hot <laughs> Swipe left, David Gascon. Oh, come on, Mark. All right, I'm just saying. All right, we're still looking for tw- Tinder date. <laughs> live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Easy to save fifteen percent or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call eight hundred nine four seven auto. Only hard part: figuring out which way is easier. Look, I think it's been overblown for a long time. The Lakers must not like Lonzo. It's like, no, you just don't like Lavar. But I think we have gotten to a critical mass point. If the Lakers do truly believe that the Ball family leaked a torn meniscus, you got to understand how completely unforgivable that is. And I'm having a hard time finding it to be coincidental that two days after, uh, they suddenly sign Rajon Rondo, who does the exact same thing at the exact same position, is a bulldog, is going to crush Lonzo in practice. Um, This... This says to me that the Lakers are, A, bringing him in because in the short term, it'll make Lonzo look better. You up the trade value, and then it makes the Lakers ready to have him be gone because they've got someone in his position. The only reason I think that Lonzo Ball hasn't been traded is because right now you can't. Well, I I don't necessarily believe that fully. I I think that... When you think about Lonzo's season, while, yeah, it was abbreviated with injuries at times, he had a shoulder and a knee, and even with a meniscus tear being leaked, that's not a very severe injury at all. And so if he's getting the moniker of soft, I think you would still be able to move him. Or injury-prone, even if it's just one year, you'd probably still be able to move him. It just matters and depends on for how much. And in that situation, it may actually aid you how big of a clown and buffoon LeVar Ball has been because he gets and garners media attention. Yeah, it's still only one year removed from being the number two pick in the draft. It's not like they want to give him away. Right, and he, he was a good player. He took a UCLA team that was inept and brought them to prominence yep. during his one-and-done year there. But so I look at Lonzo Ball, and I don't think – He's a generational talent, but he could be a really nice uh, little point guard in the NBA for a really long time. And it could be even better than that if he's with the right system, the right players around him. I love that you call him a nice little point guard. Oh, this guy. Is that a shot at LeVar who called Rondo a nice little backup? I'll tell you, LeVar Ball, his mouth has finally started writing checks that their uh, their bank account won't be able to cash any longer because – being in the L.A. market has really, really helped bolster the big baller brand. 
and the JBA, the basketball league that he's trying to compete with them, NCAA with. And, and honestly, all the other tertiary uh, things they have going on, the Ball in the Family Facebook Live deal. And, you know, I look at, I look at this situation for the Lakers, though, and I think before LeBron, you had to lean in a little bit to, to this. You had to sell the storyline that this was good for the brand because it was getting name recognition out there. You were putting up with LeVar a little bit, the circus act. But now that Le- LeBron is in town – you can't do it anymore. You can't placate to their level. As a matter of fact, I find it curious and actually telling that the Lakers haven't responded to this medical leak because if I were the Lakers and I was really all that concerned about Lonzo's trade value, I'd probably be coming out and saying, no, he's been evaluated by the Lakers staff and this is either A, untrue, or B, uh, we were aware of this situation. It's embarrassing. When, when medical news is leaked by someone other than the team, that's embarrassing. Oh, gosh, yeah. And I think it's true, by the way. Oh, I, I agree. I, 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 don't, I don't think he like doesn't have a torn meniscus. I, that would be even worse. If they're leaking untrue information about injuries, that's even worse. But uh, leaking true information at that time is bad enough. Oh, yeah. So I, I think they're still shopping Lonzo, and I think they might even on the other side of su- summer league uh, games – uh, out in Vegas because you're going to have the ear of a lot of ownerships, a lot of management groups. You may you may end up getting a move by the end of that. And I think Rajon Rondo, he was signed really for the purpose of being the stopgap point guard before you land a big free agent like Kawhi Leonard next free agency or in trade this season. We'll see. I, I, I think, you know, they call him playoff Rondo. I think having him be the main guy come playoffs uh, is uh, is more ideal as he's getting older uh, I, I think you use the first half of the season to kind of build Lonzo's brand back up as far as the rest of the league sees him. Uh, but we'll see. Okay, Mark and Rich, and coming up next, we're going to find out what we taught the guys today. But this Serena Williams response to, does it bother you that you're always the one to beat in every match? It was next level, and it's next. All right, Mark and Rich, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? You probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right, so Serena Williams is always the one to beat at the start of every tournament. Serena Williams, whenever someone's about to play her, that is a career-changing moment if they beat her. So that dynamic sort of came up uh, I think because of one of the other players mentioning it, and then a media person uh, at Wimbledon approached Serena with that thought. Listen to her answer. Here it is. Every single match I play, whether I'm coming back from a baby or a surgery or it doesn't matter, these young ladies, they bring a game that I've never seen before. And it's interesting because I don't even scout as much because when I watch them play is a totally different game than when they play me. This is what makes me great. I always play everyone at their greatest, so I have to be greater. That's what makes me great. I always play everyone at their greatest. I have to be greater. Yeah, you hear it, and then uh, immediate reaction on Twitter is like, listen to how cocky that comes off, and there's, there's definitely some truth to that. But mm. at the same token – you really have to own the space at the top if you are going to replicate success on the scale that Serena Williams has. Now, we were talking earlier about 
my playing for the Patriots and somehow I and I'm unaware of this, but they've been accused of cheating in the past. I can't believe that these allegations are are out there. But yeah. uh, putting that behind me for a moment to prove the point, you think about you think about what the Patriots have done. You think about what the Spurs have done. What the Warriors are continuing to do now. What Serena has done. Tiger Woods in his prime. The many or I should say the few, that have been able to have these sort of dynastic achievements, it's because they show up every single day, whether it be workouts, whether it be practices, whether it be the games themselves, ready for the best, most important moment where everything counts no matter what. Light of day, behind the scenes, you have to make it work every single time. And you know... That's what it takes. Yeah, I think this is real. And by the way, and I know that I'm a little different than some on this particular opinion, but like when you said the first reaction is, wow, my gosh, the arrogance that that takes to say that. And your response was, yeah, I mean, yeah, there is some truth to that. I actually don't really find it that way. I feel like LeBron gets tagged with this a lot. Wasn't it earlier this year on Instagram where he he made some milestone and he went out and he was like, let me be the first one to congratulate me. And people are like, my gosh, this guy, Serena Williams, LeBron James, Tom Brady, you know, Kobe Bryant. I don't mind it when they go into a public space and say, like, this is what makes me great. I've heard Oprah talk this way. She said, I always knew I was destined for greatness. People see that and go, man, that's arrogant. I go, no, that's fact. They're simply stating what is their daily reality and is truth. You can't have 50 million of us follow you on Twitter and then get mad when they admit that they're different. I, I, like, I'm sorry, you, you don't get to do that. Serena is the greatest of all time. She doesn't. She's not like LeBron. There's not a Jordan where people are like, eh, is Serena the great? No, Serena yeah. is the greatest of all time. I have no problem if she wants to publicly state daily that that is fact. Yeah, there is something to be said about humility, though. And and that's the part of this I think is missing well, sure, in this quote. She's not rubbing it in anyone's face. Well, she let, let's f- factually stating it. If you're asked a question, look, I, I, I separate the two because you mentioned LeBron's uh, Instagram post about whatever threshold it was, points scored or whatever it may have been, uh, that he congratulated himself. <laughs> to me, that was that was less honestly about patting himself on the back because I don't think he needs to do that for himself to motivate himself, and it was more about his impending free agency. It was more about what we've seen this entire year, playing in all 82 games. Never did that before in his career. He's doing it in his 15th season averaging more minutes than any other player in basketball this season. Mistake? I think not. Patting himself on the back, padding his stats. Okay, no, that that's all directed towards, and I'm going to sign an enormous free agency contract. He's like reminding Cleveland of what he's already done for them. And to a certain extent, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and he did all everything we've watched, even going radio dark after announcing that he was going to be a Laker, it was the nicest thing he could have possibly done to Cleveland. So I do think there was some of that as well. I don't know. I look at Serena Williams and I look at Tom Brady and I look at LeBron James and I know they're different and I know they know they're different. It, it passes a line when they do start 
bragging about it. I don't think this was braggadocious. She was answering an honest question with the truth she lives, which is no matter what, every single time she plays, she's getting the best shot. I saw it firsthand when I was a Patriot. I would watch film of a Jets team or I'd watch film of a Titans team and I'd see them against lesser adversary and they'd look like a different team when we watch film and review on Mondays after Sunday games against those teams. I would be like, my goodness, we got we got different blitzes. They became more exotic. They did different things offensively. It's almost like they were game planning us for weeks out, whereas they were just on their weekly schedule with these other teams. When you're the best, you expect the best. You have to. Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. Let's bring in the guys, find out what we taught them today. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Uh, let's see. Uh, I thought there were plenty of things uh, for you guys to choose from today. <laughs> gems. Was, uh, really what did yeah. you choose? Uh, collectively, we all learned that if someone scores in the first extra time, you still play the second extra time. <laughs> right. So, right. That was that was good. Yeah, yeah that was also, good, to, good to know. Off the top, Rich taught us that uh, a great way to break free from your wife and newborn baby to see a movie. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah. The lessons of the Honey, train. you take the baby. <laughs> Uh, sitter, you take the other child. Me, I'm gonna take myself to the movies. I think that was wildly misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't I think was, it was. No, I was saying you I get don't think it was. somebody to watch the one kid, and then you and the wife <laughs> and the newborn go to the movie. Yeah, thing. no, that, that uh, never know. And by the way, one. by the way, and that was all about Uncle Drew. Like it wasn't <laughs> even to go see Best Picture. It was to go see Shaq in a gray beard. Well, I mean, I am a Space Jam fan, so I'm pretty excited to see (laughs) this next evolution of NBA movies. Well, besides the whole Russian collusion show we got going on here, let's uh, let's just take that away. Oh, well, well you know what? You're a hacker but, yourself, Nick. Oh, uh, you well, yeah, let's just keep that, that going down low. Just a hack. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. That too. Maybe the other Nick Wright. Anyway. Shut up, boo boo. Wow. That escalated quickly. Mark, really quick. Yeah. We got a minute left here, but you sneaked in something else here. Carmelo Anthony and Philip Rivers. I was going to tear you apart on that one, and, you know. Both went to a champion AFC uh, title. Yep. Conference yep. title game. Thank you. Both went to the the a you know the round before the round. You, thank you. Yep. A lot of stats. I was gonna tear you apart, but uh, I kind of can't. Okay. See now, th- I'm really glad you admitted this, Nick. I I want the entire audience you know, to learn Rivers. something that Nick just learned, which is I may say something, and you may hate it. It may make you mad. It may make you want to throw something at your radio. Sure. Just sit with it for a couple hours and think about it. And then you'll realize <laughs> I'm right. Oh, what, what, what? oh no, that's huh? not what this <laughs> is. That's, not that's, at what all. You, that's what you just said, Nick. I will say or this. Or maybe about just this particular I think after uh, I think after this show, we're, we're, we're now referring to him as Nick Wrong. Nick Wrong <laughs> is no. the correct answer. No, he was absolutely right, uh, just like I was earlier. Who's more arrogant, Serena or me? Come on, hit no, me. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 